2: Discounts not available in all states and situations.
3: There's no place to escape to. This is the last talk. on the left. <laughs> right your That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Oh,
2: Reading all this fucking hullabaloo. A-ba-ba-loo. Manhattan Project, this. Robert Oppenheimer, that. You know, I am kept thinking, I mean, like, if this was the Queen's project, that'd be nice. What do you mean? Because it would just be trying What's to make the, the Queen's the, project oh, you mean the like- ultimate non-greasy Zeppelin. <laughs> you want the, the idea of like a Zeppelin that has the powder churg on it, sure, but it doesn't always go up into your beard or your mouth. Wait, are you you're,
0: talk- and you're- you're talking about the British royalty, the Queen? Nah, no, he's no. talking about like
2: Lafrax City. No, my my town. Yeah. You're talking about Queens. Yeah. yeah Woodhaven. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about Oso. Oh, I Park. see
0: what you're saying. So you're making. So this is a pun. I am just saying. No, I don't
2: know if it's a pun. I it just is. don't know. The
0: Manhattan Project, but you want to call it the Queens Project. And then you're going to talk about how Queens people
2: are fat. I think. No, <laughs> we're, it? no, we're Italian American. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, Haitian American. No, I, I mean, it's a, it's a real melting pot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's just going, the idea, going to a Zeppelin. Well, yeah. You know, have you ever had a Zeppelin? A good Zeppelin? Never. Yeah, of course. You
0: have Marcus. You you've definitely never have. had a Zeppelin. Uh, is it like you a, have. Is yes, it a you funnel
1: have. cake? Is it just a funnel cake by no,
2: a different name? No, it's a Zeppelin.
0: You've had I'm sure you've had it. You're no. a sweet you got a sweet tooth.
2: You've ever had sausages and peppers for like a proper stand? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been to like a San Gennaro? Do so you ever go, remember you San Janeiro's festival? I'm starving. What's <laughs> happening?
0: I'm
1: starving. Yeah, I remember San Janeiro's festival. I've, I've been. Yeah. yeah.
2: Queens, Let's we used to do it. that. Every fucking week, we used to go. We used to have a bouncy castle for all the yeah. fat men to go stare and watch the kids. They'd smoke cigars and be like, don't break your fucking leg. Mm, and it's all right. they'd do. That was the- some-
1: Wrap it up. What oh, is the Project?
0: Wrap- wrap- <laughs> it? It's the Queens Project. <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. Ben hanging out with Marcus. I'm and sitting and here. Hungry, all hungry I do hungry, is Henry. Read. All I do is read. Hungry, hungry, Henry. Started. That's all right. Not, not a problem. Okay, we are on to part four of the Manhattan
2: Project. Don't worry. This one's just as long as the last
0: yeah. three. And if it was the Queen's Project, I mean, yeah.
1: It
2: was a, oh, I God. just was. I just thought
0: you were talking about the Queen.
2: I yeah, just right. needed Here to center go. my thoughts on a single bit.
1: There we go. We've got it. So when we last left the Manhattan Project, the espionage wing had successfully captured every member of the German team that had failed to produce an atomic bomb for the Nazis. The Oh. <laughs> These men were the infamous Uranium Club, and American forces had been successful in keeping them all out of Soviet hands. Good work, boy! Yeah. Nice job! But when it comes to the science wing of the Manhattan Project, the main show... We've got to turn the hands on our World War II clock back about six months before the official defeat of the Nazis. You're talking about a
2: clock that reflects years instead of the daily time, though. (laughs) so you mean more like I do think a calendar it's like we'll set the calendar pages back I want to make sure I'm sandbagging the show this week (laughs) Yeah, to make sure we really get to the center of our analogies turn
1: the pages back on the calendar six months you'll really understand how difficult it is (laughs) to sandbag a whole show (laughs) (laughs) well We don't only have to turn back the calendar. We got to leave Europe altogether and refocus our series on Los Alamos in New Mexico, where the bomb was being built, and the Pacific Theater of World War II, where the path for the bomb was being paved, Hmm. so to speak. Now, if you'll remember, the Manhattan Project had two sites producing fuel for two different types of atomic bombs because General Leslie Groves had gone with a scattershot approach to make sure we hit our target of developing a bomb before the Nazis did.
2: Or maybe it was because he knew, according to some sources I have collected, that he knew that the trigger bomb would never work and they had to find a new way to... Fake a bomb. Work all the way up to a fake testing site in order to right. fake the bombings at Hiroshima and Nagasaki because it's so much easier to fake a giant international incident of war that changes the face of the planet right. and, and history than to just do
1: it. Big if true. Big if true. I read true. a book
2: that I'm deeply triggered by. Yeah, sounds like it.
1: Well, out of the site at Oak Ridge in Tennessee, you had uranium. The stuff enriched there had taken a long road from the uranium mines of the Belgian Congo to Nazi Germany. And was it like a like a road trip? Was it fun? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a road trip, a dog, to lick some peanut butter off of somebody's genitals on the way. Whoa, it was really fun. What kind of
3: road day. trip have <laughs> so you been on? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious.
1: I was thinking more a
0: skinny guy had sex with a larger lady and never went <laughs>
2: I remember after like an age game, they won't be together. That's an odd couple. They'd never choose. That's but sometimes strange. they do. Yeah, sometimes
0: they
1: do. Well, this is the uranium that Boris Pash had stolen from the Soviets immediately after Germany's surrender. And that uranium would be used in the little boy bomb dropped on Hiroshima. It's kind
2: of crazy that I'm both little boy and fat man. Isn't <laughs> that nice?
0: That's why you're an
1: actor. Yes. Yeah, And I'm the thin man.
3: Hmm, that's that's
1: the- which is the prototype bomb. What's Ben? Oh, I'm just the plane.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> easy.
1: Ben
2: twenty nine.
1: Ben, aka Nola Gay. That's you, Nola Gay. That was the name of the plane. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Only during Mardi Gras. (laughs) Well, Hanford site in Washington State, though, that was producing plutonium. Straight up American stuff that would be used in a bomb called Fat Man that would annihilate the city of Nagasaki. Man, making of the atomic bomb,
2: I forgot just how fucking... Huge the Hanford site was, and what they yeah. did—they built a—it's a, like mm-hmm. a, it's the size of an inside, it's like in the in the Empire State Building, but it's on its side, and it's a uranium slash plutonium enriching factory. It was insane. I yeah. have
0: no problem with what the bomb did, killing all those people. Okay, but let's get correct here. It's a
1: person of weight,
0: a person <laughs> pre gout, a person who has
3: diabetes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the stuff from Hanford site that would also be. The stuff used in the very first nuclear explosion in history, the Trinity Test. (gasps) Now, by March of 1944, both sites had produced enough nuclear material for three bombs, two to drop and one to test. Which is one to lick. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, That's my bomb. The scientists at Los Alamos had also produced two mechanisms for detonating the different materials, the gun method and the implosion method, Hmm. both of which are... Far too complicated for us to explain.
2: Here, Here, I'll try. Okay. The gun method's all about slapping shit together. Okay. <laughs> it's slapping. Like, you know, I sometimes will like, I'll have one piece of roast beef but I'm like mm, that's not enough yeah, And I put, an, I put another slice on there right because uh-huh. I like to just eat a free hand yeah of stand. course I don't spend time making sandwiches
1: bad, bad. sure you know
0: absolutely right, right? Well, technically that's what bodybuilders do that,
2: that, look at me all absolutely. I'm doing is building my
3: body absolutely <laughs> and
2: uh, the uh, that's how you do you slap them together yeah. right? you shoot one piece of uranium at another one and it makes a boom boom okay. right and the other one is a simultaneously a circle of explosions around a piece of whatever it is the built up plutonium whatever it is and uranium it, in order, to,
3: You're right oh, now. Man, right now. We shouldn't be compl- I should be trying to do no, you this. You got it. You got it. But it, it. it explodes. Three or something. It explodes
2: in a Around. circle in a perfect dodecahedron, right. which is also the symbolic actual entity of the 3D version of the universe, which is why when J. Robert Oppenheimer blew up the second bomb that used the implosion technique, that's what ripped open the fucking veil that uh-huh. allowed the aliens to come through and oh. look at us. Oh, All right. Because right. it was a symbolic gesture. So Alistair Crowley gets in there as well. Okay, well, very uh, I see. Powerful.
1: Well, you are correct in that it was a plutonium bomb, now that I'm thinking about it. The implosion method was the plutonium method. <laughs> However, the second bomb dropped was a uranium bomb that was used with the trigger method. So therefore, your argument his Nolan voice. started. Well, I isn't can't that even exciting? i trying to understand the You're science. doing
0: great. It's kind of like a species reveal for the aliens as well. But
2: the explosions nice. around the bomb create a little, it squishes the material, then it blows up. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Like that. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. But incredibly, the gamble of General Groves, the scattershot gamble, it paid off double. As it turned out, both plutonium and uranium were viable for weaponization. It's like they
2: want us to kill the Japanese. (laughs) It was like they wanted us to kill the Nazis, but then they finished up too quick. And I'm sorry to my wife for that as well.
1: Yeah. Mm. Additionally, the gun method for detonation that used uranium was almost guaranteed to work to the point where they felt like testing it was a waste of precious uranium-235. And Mm. if you're
2: the author that wrote an entire book trying to debunk the fact that there was a bombing at Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, you just have to understand they did test it to see if it could work. There was it was already there. Smaller advice: you're they fighting, already, you're fighting a small with size, shadows. They already, <laughs> knew, they already knew.
0: You're fighting yeah. with shadows. No one, no one knew that that book existed. I'm so true. I don't think that author is still alive. I don't
1: know. However, the implosion method using plutonium, that was far more complicated, and plutonium was easier to produce, so a full-scale test was planned to see if the Manhattan Project could go two for two. Oh, wow. Now, the name chosen for the test, Trinity, that was a deliberate choice made by Robert Oppenheimer. So nerdy. It was very nerdy. It was inspired by a poem about death by World War One poet John Donne. Beautiful writer, by sure. the way. But this poem contemplated the idea that while dying leads to death... Mm -hmm. It might also lead to resurrection. This was tied mm. to the false hope that Manhattan Project scientists like Niels Bohr held onto in order to justify developing an atomic weapon, reasoning that nuclear weapons were so destructive that they could end all wars. Unfortunately, Niels Bohr had not been familiar with the concept of a proxy war.
0: I was trying to say that we should name it Gunther because
2: that's my <laughs> wife's name, but she's a fucking
0: bitch. Your wife's name is Gunther? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a weird one.
2: Yeah, she's a masculine wife. I understand
0: why you spend so much time
1: working in science. (laughs) Now, before the bomb was even tested, B-29 bombers were already training themselves to drop these massive seven-ton weapons on specific targets.
0: What do you got to train? You drop the fucking thing, dude. Well, you is that dra- mostly dro- gravity I that does will,
2: the work? A this lot is, goes into it. I really want to send you because I truly castled, hit the button. Drop the thing. I was. <laughs> say, there was a part of me that was just like truly like, oh, you know, it's the same as any bombing, bombing run. They had to completely refigure the planes. They had to develop a whole delivery yeah. mechanism. They had to do. They had to train because. The way of dropping the style of bombs was completely different than any other type they of do bomb. Parawet. What are they up to? Because they have to get away from it as fast as possible. Sure. It's how you drop it. You had to be dropped and detonated to a certain height, and also the. Actual payloads of it are much heavier than any other type of bomb. And then also they were talking about like the fail safe shit. It's very, it's crazy. There's a lot of shit. Mm. There's a lot of stuff like, what if the bomb doesn't work? What if the bomb doesn't release? All of a sudden you're flying. You've got this thing now is now set to explode. You have this like set, like this way to like, you're supposed to disengage it. Like the implosion bomb they said would actually survive they thought maybe that if it fell out of a plane and it landed and was a dud it would be fine and that like the center of it would hold but the trigger one was so vulnerable that if it Mm -hmm. basically if it fell and didn't break it could if if it fell and didn't go off it could break open and then just create a thousand years of radiation poisoning in a place that exists so then had to they would have to crawl inside of the gun mechanism but inside of the bomb Pull the gun mechanism out of it and then release it. Whatever's left. It's very scary.
0: Yeah. Well, you just got to have someone who, you know, you got to have a little bitch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And that little bitch was like, there was a guy that was that guy. Yeah. yeah.
1: And he was not pleased. No, No, I'm sure not. We'll talk about him later. All right. Fantastic. And we, uh, I think we did actually accidentally, like, remember there's that story of the, uh, I I guess it had to have been an implosion bomb that was accidentally dropped in like North Carolina.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah that's that's right. I yeah. forgot relatively about that. Recently.
1: Yeah. Now, for the mission to drop the atomic bomb on Japan, the Manhattan Project tapped a 29-year-old pilot named Paul Tibbets. Tibbetts had survived countless bombing missions over Germany and had a year's experience flying the relatively new B-29s. Mm. He was given a 45-minute long briefing that explained what the bomb was just a little bit. Insofar as the scientist briefing him asked Tibbetts, hey, do you know what an atom is? Uh, but he said,
0: he, "Oh yeah, Adam is my uh, brother Steve's uh, friend." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I got a 45-minute
1: training video via hip-hop lyrics <laughs> <laughs> when I worked at Wendy's. Yes. Yeah, and Tippett said, "Yeah, I know what a, I know what an atom is." Yeah, and the scientist said, "Good. That's all you need to know." What? Well, uh, no, no, no. I need to know more than that. <laughs> that's all he needs to know. Then, supposedly, the scientist wrapped up the conversation in a particularly 1940s cinematic fashion. He said, "Quote, you've got a lot of responsibility." If you use it wrong or if you fail,
2: I can see you winding up in prison. Otherwise, you might be a hero.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, man. This is gonna be great. I'm gonna have a parade.
1: <laughs> and so, starting in December of 1944, Tibbets began flying missions over Japan in B-29s loaded with so-called pumpkin bombs huh. that were roughly the same size and weight of an atomic bomb. Much like the Fat Man bomb, each pumpkin bomb was about ten feet long. Five feet in circumference, and it weighed about five tons. It's a hell
2: of a pumpkin. I definitely would get super nervous as I'm sitting in the rolling hills of Japan, watching them drop these giant, like, obviously fake bombs, right? Like, (laughs) fake bombs are landing, and you're like, oh, that looks like a pretty big bomb. And it's like, oh, they're practicing for what are they practicing? <laughs> very
0: uh, large scale, sort of green goblin approach. I yeah, suppose. very similar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they must have been like, what, the, what are they up to? Yeah, it's not good. It well, can't be good. Well, some of them were in art. Some, though, were filled with explosives. Just so for didn't fun. Really, yeah, just for fun, just to see what would happen. We're already bombing them. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the main point of a pumpkin bomb was to make sure that the pilot didn't drop a $2 billion weapon on the outskirts of the target. Or, worse, from a funding perspective, in the middle of the ocean.
0: Think
2: of the funding.
1: <laughs>
0: of course, you always have to. How is Epstein going to give us more money after this? I
2: don't know. <laughs> you, uh, uh, calm on my face.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> as such... 49 training missions were flown with a variety of B-29s, all with colorful names that were sometimes a bit too conspicuous. You had Strange Cargo.
0: <laughs> it sounds like a fun movie with Humphrey Bogart. <laughs>
2: These all sound like the super tough condoms they sell at like various, like, you know, very shady sex stores. Yeah. 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 The
0: ones where like, it's like a Rough Rider, and I'm yeah. like, I'm yeah. not DMX. Yeah. I, I don't think I need
1: that yeah. one. It's like, like Ryu having sex with Chun Li, but all you see <laughs> oh, is Ryu's <laughs> ass, and it's weird. <laughs> oh, 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 hello. <laughs> Another plane top secret oh what's in that yeah that is
0: ridiculous <laughs> don't ask don't tell fantastic 80s spoof uh, det- uh, uh spy movie though yeah you had one called big stink <laughs> that is just an insult yeah it's
1: an insult to everyone on that fucking <laughs> yeah. plane uh one called the great artiste <laughs> right. okay yeah. 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 it's interesting you, you had necessary evil okay now we're getting
2: <laughs> on the fucking
1: notes yeah um, all right um, exactly what is this a football movie yeah and most conspicuously up and
0: atom. That's the dumb. to shoot you.
1: They know I, it's uh, coming. You, if you kill
0: me, but before you have, if you do deliver a pun, before you shoot me in <laughs> the fucking head, I'm gonna be so pissed.
1: Oh yeah. But one of the problems with dropping a big, horribly expensive bomb on Japan was that there was still one island with a very active Japanese airstrip between the American airbase of Saipan and the Japanese mainland. I thought you were going to say one problem might be the death of all the innocent people, but no,
0: okay. (laughs) Funding. think of the funding. Think of the funding. funding. Think of the the practicalities. I do think that we can all... That is the Pentagon.
1: Every meeting.
2: Think of the funding. Oh, it's every meeting, yeah.
1: Well, that island where the airstrip was located, that became the site of the deadliest day in Marine Corps history. It became a byword for victory at high cost. Perseverance whilst wading through the blood of your comrades... And most of all, the savagery of
0: warfare. War
1: is hell. Are we getting into the sloughing
0: now? No, dude. <laughs> Slothery. You wait,
1: dude. Okay. That island was none other than... Iwo Jima. That's the oh. only way you could say it too. I found that I've tried to say
2: Iwo Jima. You know what was? <laughs> it was in any other way, but I can't. It's History Channel voices in there.
3: Yeah. I can't
2: get rid of it because again, if you want to get your fucking, if your grandpa is still alive, he's about ninety at this mm, point. Yeah, if you want to get him going? Just go two words. Iwo Jima. One thing that was
0: staged was that goddamn picture that went uh, viral even before the internet Yeah, of the flag. Now, that was, was actually a staged picture.
2: Oh, yeah. they, they all were. They and, had to because it was them winning and then they, they would go and yeah. make it, an official winning thing.
1: It wasn't winning. It was like on the third day of battle. Like they just arrived. They did the a Super Bowl shuffle.
0: <laughs> and if the Bears didn't win the Super Bowl, that would be they would be laughing. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> literally, it's yeah. like it's pre-shooting
2: all the stuff yeah. for New Year's Eve. <laughs> they really
1: did. <laughs> Although while it was staged... The Johnny Cash song, "The Ballad of Ira Hayes," oh. was very real. That was uh, about one of the guys who did raise the flag on Iwo Jima. Oh well, wow. yeah. Ira you know Hayes, him.
0: Drunken, drunken Ira Hayes, he won't don't answer anymore.
1: anymore. He's a
0: drunken. I uh, know. I left all my buddies <laughs> something the that. <laughs> Iwo Jima. Uh, yeah, something about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right from your grave. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work life balance can be tough.
1: hideous place covered in relatively soft volcanic rock. Not to,
2: you know, not to offend all the people in Iwo Jima. Of course not. Did a lot of people live there? Uh, Very few, but some did. Pretty kind of farmland, I
1: thought. But in strategic terms, Iwo Jima was incredibly important to the Pacific theater of the war because it was dead center between Tokyo and the island of Saipan, which we talked about at the end of episode two. Hmm. Saipan, you know, all the Marianas Islands were the largest airport in the world, existed at this time. Saipan was the
2: one where all the people jumped off the cliffs when we were coming because they thought we were going to, like, we were going to go whole hog. And then that was where (sighs) we
1: would launch the Enola Gay from. Yeah. And Tinian was the cute one that was shaped like the island of Manhattan and they named all the streets after streets in New York City. That's That's real fun. It is (laughs) really fun. (laughs) That is fun. Uh, Iwo Jima, therefore, became an essential location to take if American forces wanted to stop Japanese air attacks. Not to mention the fact that Iwo Jima was a perfect base for damaged bombers and rescue missions. Now, while the Manhattan Project was not the sole reason for the Battle of Iwo Jima, the battle was certainly essential to the Manhattan Project's success. And since it is a fascinating mm. and brutal struggle, let's get into what the Marine Corps and the Japanese Imperial Army both went through during that long month in the winter of 1945. Use, uh,
2: We're really in Marcus's history happy place here. This is yeah. good. I would use super glue on the
0: tarmac. I'd glue all their plans down. Uh-huh. I actually think, <laughs> you you're, going
3: well, you're
2: going I'm going slippery. But isn't that
0: going to, that's going to cancel each other out and now they're just able to fly again. <laughs> I
1: hate time I don't know. Uh. The Japanese general in charge of defending Iwo Jima, Taramichi Kurabayashi, he came from a long line of men who would all serve the emperor. But where Kurabayashi was a general, the four generations before him—and this tells you where Japan was in their history—the four generations before him had been fucking samurai. Yeah, man. Also, every time Marcus you say his name, you look up like you want an applause break. <laughs> uh, but I will say
2: that just millions of people say that name every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and oh. you know, and you're and you're still making someone extremely mad, <laughs> no matter what.
1: Taramichi hmm. Korebayashi. Korebayashi. Killian. Killian. <laughs> Interestingly, though kurabayashi had studied in the united states at harvard as a military attache in his youth Hmm. a lot of guys studied in america when he wasn't at harvard though kurabayashi road tripped across the country and took a special interest in detroit as a military man kurabayashi immediately saw that the industrial mechanisms of america could be turned into a massive unstoppable war machine with in his words the push of a button.
0: Yeah, I don't want my weapons made at a Ford plant fix or repair daily. <laughs> the
1: Ford the Ford plants uh that was many it, many 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 of our war machines. Yeah, fix yeah, or repair did. daily. But he paid
0: attention <laughs> to those Not because Henry Ford didn't love the Nazis though. <laughs> That's a thing that he loved.
3: Yeah.
1: He did. Well, in this kurabayashi was absolutely correct. And when he learned that his people planned to attack Pearl Harbor, he privately told his family that America was the last country in the world that Japan should fight.
2: And all it took was one trip to Motown. <laughs> That's yeah. all he had to do. He'd go down there because, you know what mm-hmm, he should have brought mm-hmm. back was a goddamn trumpet. He should have saw Motown <laughs> and been like, damn it. We know what we need. no you know what Japan needs. I don't know. So i not sure
0: if Motown was really swinging yet out there. I in think Detroit? so. In the Man? 20s? I no,
2: Motown was the 60s. Isn't that when scat was invented? <laughs> not the shit. Not shit. What Kim Cattrall invented. Uh huh. Kim Cattrall? You ever see the video Another of Kim Cattrall? scatting? reference scatted? to no. Kim Cattrall. I'll send you that video. <laughs>
0: Very interesting. But I was thinking the deep dish pizza, and I'm not sure if that was invented yet. No, no that's anyway.
2: Chicago. They have Detroit no, style no, pizza. no, that's the
0: Detroit style is also deep dish. But we're going to move on. Yeah. What's this- fried bottom, fried bottom, sesame, it's got to fucking. We're going to move on. <laughs> Cornmeal bottom. Push it, moving on.
1: <laughs> what this tells us is that some of the Japanese generals knew even before December 7th, 1941, that a war against America was unwinnable. Mm. And as it turned out, Kuribayashi would be forced to lead the defense against American invasion in one of the last major land battles of World War II. Wow. Now, General Kuribayashi knew that while his men could hold Iwo Jima for a time at enormous cost to the Marines, defeat both at Iwo Jima and in the war at large was inevitable. Therefore, the last thing he wrote to his wife, Yoshi, before he left was, do not plan for my return. There we go. Oh, wow. That pussy's
2: out to K. Yep,
1: and then she just...
0: Don't <laughs> worry, man. She was already cheating. Yeah. She had a big cherry with her tongue and
1: moved on. But even with impossible (laughs) odds, (laughs) Um, Kurabayashi was determined to make the United States pay heavily for every inch of Iwo Jima, and pay heavily we did. mm. First, Kurabayashi emptied the island of civilians and brought in enslaved Korean laborers to turn most of the island itself into an elaborate death trap. Wait Mm. till
2: you see what I do with my home when I'm selling it. I'm excited.
1: Over the course of 9 months, the enslaved Koreans had built a massive system of intricate tunnels, mm. some as deep as 75 feet below ground, Woo. and all of them were wired with electricity.
0: Hey Larry, what do you think of uh, what do you think happens if I step right over here? Oh!
1: <laughs> they also God
0: built God damn me, <laughs> War is hell.
1: <laughs> they also built caves pillboxes, command posts, gun emplacements and all of it was dug directly into the island's soft volcanic rock.
0: It's a, it's interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it also just shows you cuz we're spending billions and billions of dollars and like we got a shovel a couple of pieces of feces, yeah. No on? we and nails, yep. and we're, we're gonna do pretty
1: good. They did it all with hand tools. Yeah, it's amazing. God damn. Uh, also, but they were also doing it with uh, uh, enslaved people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Of, <laughs> of course, <laughs> <The slaves laughs> the Yeah, that's they, a, we got that tends, the Pentagon. Yeah, that's the thing is that using the enslaved people that tends to cut down on a lot of the costs. I mean, t- a lot yes. of the time and all that. It does. Obviously. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be surprised. <laughs> but that's
2: <laughs> Tom Cruise. Like really, really, it was crazy how fast he got Mission Impossible Nine going
0: during COVID. Bring. <laughs> the overhead way down but i think if you're in war two the civilians are probably fighting for free also yeah well
1: the the civilians in this case were taken out completely because at this time korea was a japanese quote-unquote colony Mm. uh and so a lot of them were working against their will for the japanese this is still a united korea Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. but as such the japanese were able to utilize such terrifying tactics as the infamous Spider traps <laughs>
0: These are, Ooh, these fucking, are fucking nasty
1: These trap doors were littered around the island This is pretty much how they worked Marine yeah. would be walking forward, forward, forward. He'd be there with all of his buddies. And I wonder if Jane will ever write back.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, I wrote her
1: about seven months ago. Yeah, yeah she, we're definitely still married. They were so romantic yeah. back yeah. then. And he's thinking they've advanced into we're the island. Good. Nothing's behind him. Everything's in front of him. All he has to worry yeah. about is what's right in front of him. When all of a sudden behind him, a fucking trap door opens. It's a a me. Ja- <laughs> a Japanese sniper pops up and just starts picking off Marines. Oh, my and then God. by the time they figure out what's going on, that sniper is gone and just fucking running down the tunnel to the next position. Now, as General Kurabayashi put it in a document issued to his troops, each man would make it his duty to kill 10 of the enemy before dying. And until they were all destroyed to the last man, each Japanese soldier was duty-bound to harass the enemy with guerrilla tactics. And this was actually different from how most Japanese generals handled land battles. Mm. A lot of them used Banzai tactics, yeah. the suicide attacks. Yeah,
2: where they'd like jump on them. Yeah, They're like with like grenades and shit. Well, right, they
1: just run. Like it would you'd usually do it at night, and they would just run towards the enemy and try to kill as many as they possibly could before the enemy killed them. Dang. But General Koyobayashi, he thought this was futile. He thought this was a waste. He was like, right. Banzai, kamikaze, it's fucking stupid. Why are you doing this? It's a waste of human life when it, it when is. we when we could just go and hide." And come out and kill him with guerrilla tactics. That's
3: what sure. we're trying to do. And yes, better.
2: I view, they viewed it as kind of ungentlemanly or against Bushido. Right? Yeah. Like a concept of like like gentleman warfare. You're supposed yeah. to see the guy. You're supposed, you're supposed to set up a time when you arrive and fight. <laughs> I, uh... But like, when they realize, like, no, we're not going to do this. I'm already being tasked with an impossible thing.
0: Yeah. My grandfather, Herb, from the American side, mm. he used to rail against snipers, saying that they were cowards because they did not look at the enemy in the eye. And to surprise somebody and kill them, it was considered, you
1: know, trashy.
2: I mean, it literally <laughs> wow. trashy. you're just saying it was like, so they were like the Snookies. But he, was in, Kore- <laughs> he was in the Korean War.
0: But yeah, uh,
1: Korean War uh, is different. Yeah.
0: You
2: know what? I'm going to go in and say I'm really like I'm pro our sniper community. And I yeah. just want to say I don't yeah, mean any sort of to, yeah. both of to both of the cameras. I yeah. just want to say straight up to our sniper community. We're cool. I love what you uh-huh. do. Good work. Keep doing it. Stay silent. Stay I don't hungry. know. That's what
0: I thought with the Chris Kyle thing, American sniper. Yeah, he killed a bunch of people, but I mean.
2: It's extraordinarily difficult to be a sniper. Yeah, you have to be in top 10 percentile. That's very cool. I, and it's, it's very, very di- helpful.
0: It's extremely difficult. The weapons have gotten pretty good.
2: I <laughs> Seriously, so again, Ben Kissel <clears throat> is also the biggest target. <laughs> yeah. No, he's the easiest target. I'm not. Yeah, of the three of us? Of the three of us, yeah, absolutely. And I switch up my fucking ways up, down, and out. Up down, up down, side, 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 right, left, left. Yeah, flood, yeah I
1: but you've I'm... got that big, you've got a much larger center of gravity. I'd be the hardest one to hit.
2: I think that my meat actually would, you'd ca- I'd catch a bullet that was less lethal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then you just pretend like you're dead. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of, well, sadly. Yeah. Just continue. Just move on. <laughs> well on Iwo Jima A lot of those guys Actually a lot of the soldiers Ignored the order And went bonsai anyway Yeah But regardless Considering how The Japanese Imperial Army Of World War II Is considered to be One of the most tenacious Armies yeah. in world history The men took Kurabayashi's directive to heart Which meant that the marines we're in for a long haul.
2: Goddamn, Iwo Jima! It's
0: difficult to go bonsai. You got to climb up to the second rope. You got to have the guy lying there. You got to stun him first. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: You got to get the manager looking over there because you got your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's fighting with the ref.
0: Yeah. Yokozuna, bonsai indeed. Yeah. Uh, he also shat on Bret Hart's chest once. I heard. <laughs> or did Bret Hart shit? Either way, somebody shat.
1: And Yokozuna was involved.
3: Yeah. <laughs> You'd know. R.I.P.
1: She- now, at this point, I'd like to say to our combat veteran listeners, specifically our Marines, that we are going to get deep into what actually happened on Iwo Jima. So turn so-
2: up that hearing aid <laughs> and really try to remember. Uh. Do you remember how you were traumatized by for Private Ryan?
1: You ready to do it with no. cum jokes? Yeah, I'm no. going to say, if you ain't up for combat today, feel free to skip ahead about 15 minutes or so. Okay. So at 9 a.m. on February 19th, 1945. We
2: need some American music. We need to come in like with that silent, like, you know, like whatever that, you know, early morning. You know, like, you know, they do Uh in the Pacific. Yeah. In the the show. Yeah. Yeah. We had a tap slightly playing. And I'm mighty proud of that.
0: ragged old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I can give this first paragraph a little bit of a different voice. Gravitas. At 9 a.m. on February 19th, 1945, two divisions of Marines arrived at the beaches of Iwo Jima to no resistance. In less than an hour, 9,000 men were ashore, awash in what they all described as an eerie silence. Iwo
2: Jima.
1: Now, the Marines had been told that they were going to land on a beautiful beach, no resistance, But what they found instead was a 15-foot high slope of soft volcanic ash that slowed them down considerably. Yeah,
2: because they they do march.
1: Well, what the Japanese had done is when they dug out those tunnels, what they had dug out, they had thrown on the beaches. And that gummed up the works entirely. Mm. This is a big problem because the plan was for the Marines to land on a clear beach in waves. And each group was supposed to be much further inland when the next group arrived. But because of the ash, the Marines were slowed down considerably and they got bunched up on the beach. I mean, they really should have sent the memo out to the Japanese telling them we're coming. Could you please not let's do make, that? Hey, let's
2: think about more this. Difficult for us. Always send a text.
0: Mm-hmm. Always.
1: And once General Korobayashi felt that there were enough Marines ashore to make it worthwhile, the shelling and machine gun fire began.
0: So nothing. This is easier than they said it was going to be, huh? No that's, problems here.
1: That's what they thought, you know. Oh, and that no. that happened quite a bit. I mean, it also happened like in Okinawa too, where it's just they just don't know that there is a tactic right being played upon them. Yeah, it's very smart. Yeah. From the recesses of the caves up above, dug into the volcanic rock, Japanese machine gunners opened fire from the darkness. Marines Mm. attempted to return fire, but they only had brief muzzle flashes to ascertain the machine gunner's position. Mm. Besides that, the constant shelling of artillery made it difficult to line up a shot. Soon the machine gunners and the artillery had filled the beach with dead bodies, and since they were bunched up in such a relatively small area, each shell blew the corpses into smaller And smaller pieces, sending them flying into the air. The beach was soon littered with limbs and torsos that were continually taken out and back in by the tide. And strewn amongst the gore were dozens, if not hundreds, of Valentine's Day cards that had been delivered to the dead and dying marines. Just days before,
0: and I actually have to say, I, I did get an early screener of Oppenheimer, and when they played "It's Raining Men" over this scene, I thought that that I could not the distaste, so the distaste that they would show. So you're trying to bring some levity to this. I can't this serious. You're going to bring levity to this. But
2: the, honestly, I do appreciate because then it segue to. It's raining man. It was it was the version. It was a rendition. End. The rendition yeah. was Acoustic. much
1: nicer. Yeah. I yeah. I, I, was. Wow.
2: yeah. Wow. Wow. What a bold Disgusting. decision. Disgusting. <laughs> Rude. Pete Davidson just shows up. <laughs> 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 he was like a magic crab. Or something. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he'd <you'd laughs> be great at
0: that.
1: He'd be great at that too. <laughs> well, on that first day, out of the thirty thousand Marines who landed, two thousand four hundred and twenty died, as was written in the making of the atomic bomb. Men tripped over 15-foot-long strings of intestines as they tried to avoid bodies that had been cut in half at the waist by machine gun fire. (sighs) Due to the artillery shells, legs, arms, and heads bearing only necks lay 50 feet from the closest torso, Mm. which may or may not have been once enjoined to those limbs. But despite the gore and horror, the Marines... Push through. Wow. God
2: forsaken Iwo Jima.
0: That is so... <laughs> I might just say, can we go back now? Right, well, though, but also, is this, about are we it. done now?
2: Yeah. You're such a good soldier. Your intestines are fighting.
0: Oh, my <laughs> God.
1: It really is the beginning of Suicide Squad. And this is day one. And behind those 30,000 Marines who'd stormed the beach at Iwo Jima, a further... 40,000 joined them in the following days for a brutal battle that would last well over a month, making it the bloodiest battle in Marine Corps history. Wow. On the second day of battle, one soldier remembered seeing a fellow Marine receive a direct hit to the face from a Japanese shell. It blew away his jaw, exposing his teeth while also blowing open his skull. Lying atop the Marine's right ear was a ball of gray matter that used to be his brains, but incredibly, he was still alive. Oh, all the Marine could do was make motion with his right hand, asking one of his corpsmen to finish the job. And quite swiftly, one of his fellow Marines obliged. The request. And
2: I tell you what, yeah, yeah, when I, I saw all that, yeah, there was a lot, but uh, now I'm fine. You're fine? <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. You know, one thing good. I have really learned from that, truly, honestly, one of the biggest things I learned from Iwo Jima. Wear sunscreen. Yeah, you're going to want some sunscreen <laughs>
0: there. Yeah. If you could apply it to your brain yeah. somehow. God, just the uh, idea of the guy who's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? don't worry about it in 20 years we're going to have the microwave you're going
1: to love the microwave (laughs) actually I think the microwave is only about like 10 years at this point yeah.
2: listen 40-50 years from now you might get to see Scarlett Johansson naked and under the
1: skin (laughs)
3: just remember that reference no no by
1: 1955 like yeah you're going to be screaming all night long Uh, and keeping your wife awake uh, and she's going to be terrified of you your children are going to be terrified of you but guess what your wife is not going to have to worry about slaving over a hot oven all day long because she's going to have a Brand new invention called the microwave. The microwave <laughs> also popcorn that works on the stove. Easy, <laughs> easy life. Jiffy Pop. Now, by the fifth day, the Marines had come upon a. Plat- that actually was that young Marine's last name. Jiffy
2: <laughs> Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Jiffy. That
3: is,
2: That's where it came from. That's all in honor of
1: him. Yes. Now, by the fifth day, the Marines had come upon a plateau that was home to four defensive positions that came to be known, respectively, as Hill Two Eight Two, Manami Village. The Amphitheater, and Turkey Knob. Uh, Turkey Knob. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Who named that one? I'd imagine some good old boy from the mountains of Tennessee. Yeah, Turkey Knob. He's looking for some smoked turkey. I miss it. Okay. These collective defenses made up the most impenetrable fortress on Iwo Jima, and it therefore came to be known as the Meat Grinder. (laughs) I
0: don't like that. (laughs) If you could send me not into that part of war.
1: However, the Japanese could only hold out for so long. Not only were the men on the island running out of supplies, but Japan itself had very little to give. The only resupply came when three Japanese planes tried parachuting medical supplies, food, and ammunition. All three were shot down, and only a small amount of relief fell within Japanese territory. This was the only attempt to resupply the Japanese during the Battle of Iwo Jima, because that's all they had. All right. The Marines, meanwhile, were not only one hell of a fighting force, but they were also blessed with, if you look at it in a relative sense, infinite supplies. Yeah,
2: because we had built a whole chain of supplies like up to this point. It's all right there.
1: Yeah. When we've, you know, we've taken the Philippines. We're fucking we're in it Mm -hmm. like we're there. And of course, that is owed to the incredible industrial power that General Kurabayashi had seen for himself decades earlier. He was seeing himself proven right Mm. Therefore, the Marines slowly took Iwo Jima inch by inch. Yikes. Good Dan Carlin voice. Yeah. Inch by inch. Uh, Now, when it came to the terrifying weapons. Yeah. What are we talking about here, guys? (laughs) Hey, guys. What are we Uh, talking about? Iwo Jima. Wow. Now, when it came to the terrifying weapons of World War II, the one that soldiers, and especially the Japanese, tended to fear most was the flamethrower. That makes
0: sense. That checks out. Yeah. 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 That's definitely top three.
1: Now, when one thinks of a flamethrower, you've y- seen
0: the Dick Ripper. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> yikes.
1: Yeah. And when one thinks of the flamethrower, you usually have an image of a guy with a big tank on his back, standing 10 feet from another soldier, letting loose a stream of drippy flame that immediately engulfs the target.
2: Oh, you don't want to cast me?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, you want to cast me? Yeah, Yeah, I think about it all the time. Of course, of course.
1: Yeah, of course. And indeed, some men did die like this. Hmm. A flamethrower jet burns at over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, just a hair hotter than the temperature inside a crematory. Ooh. While death does come relatively quick, it is preceded by instant agony and terror as the thickened fuel clings to the skin and clothes, making stop, drop, and roll... A non-starter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're so fucking dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At that point. A lot of times
2: it doesn't happen with easy access to a pool. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. it's never really like I, an Airbnb. You never like hit with one like at a the, Vegas like resort. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like even if pool it would because it sticks to you. Think of it
1: as a flame coat.
0: It's a flame coat. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: a whole bodysuit. Yeah, yeah. think of that. Oh man, that's horrible. But when it came to field battle, flamethrowers weren't always great weapons, as many flamethrower operators learned on D-Day. Oh, yeah. yeah I learned like they're from, carrying a pack of gasoline. Yeah, I
2: learned it from <laughs> my last play through a wolfenstein. Yeah. You just shoot it and it explodes. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. A yes. single bullet to a flamethrower tank usually caused the operator to explode in a ball of napalm and flame. And
2: he has to go, ah!
1: ah! Great stuntman work. Yeah. That's what these wars have
0: provided for the past <laughs> almost hundred years of cinema. Wonderful work for
1: stuntmen. Well, therefore, flamethrowers were mostly used in battles like Iwo Jima to clear out caves and bunkers. They weren't front line guys. Makes sense. During a push at the meat grinder, for example, the entrance to a cave was first saturated with fuel. Then the flamethrower was brought in to flush them out. Those who didn't asphyxiate in the cave when they tried running further in to escape the flames, those guys were set on fire and they ran out of the cave as burning torches. (laughs) According to the Marines, the flamethrowers were the only weapons that the Japanese truly feared, but the flames were only half the point. Mm. While a flamethrower does indeed produce death and destruction, you've also got to be fucking insane to use a flamethrower. I think so. And that sort of psychological edge was important in battles like Iwo Jima. Oh, It's intimidating. It's an intimidating look. Well,
2: it's X-Factors. What Dan Carlin brings up all the time, those things that are part of history that you are like, just, no one wants to be hit with one. (laughs) You know, when, I don't want they, to hit with one. And as soon as the flamethrowers get broken out, everyone's like, oh, man. Oh, shit. I, we already called this place the meat grinder, which I thought was fairly unpleasant enough. And I it thought it unpleasant. would discourage people coming here. Mm, but right. apparently the flamethrowers are really going to make this sort of a hot meat grinder.
0: <laughs> I guess. Yeah. it would. I mean, I suppose the meat grinder does make you think that there's some weapon that just grinds up human bones
1: as you approach people. But uh, I don't think that's really practical. It took them a week to take the meat grinder, and they called it the meat grinder just because it was way... After yeah, they couldn't yeah, everyone's figure just it out, like, yeah, everyone's also, just they just couldn't figure out how to fucking they knew they could figure it out eventually, yeah. but it took a lot of lives.
0: And in honor of pride, of course, make sure to go for two for ones between four to seven at Meat Grinder,
3: <laughs> <and> M <M-E-E-T>, E E T <laughs> Grinder, right here in beautiful Burbank,
0: California.
1: Now, after a month of fighting on Iwo Jima, almost 7,000 Marines have been killed, while almost 22,000 have been wounded. Oof. The Japanese, meanwhile, had lost 20,000 men. Only 216 were taken prisoner. Wow. And out of those 216... Most were only captured because they'd been knocked unconscious and had just been found lying on the ground. That's what I would do.
2: Oh, yeah. I'd be asleep.
1: I'd just take a bonk to the head.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I the
1: would the just,
2: you don't want me to be in any, you don't want me to have military secrets. I'm going to fold. Yeah. I'm going to go right oh, to the yeah. other
0: team. I'm just going to well, go these run. These people didn't even have any secrets. They were slaves. So they were just told to run out uh, there probably, no, these right? Are
1: Jap- these are Japanese soldiers that I'm talking about. Oh, these about. are yeah. soldiers oh, now? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. They, that's the thing. You okay. didn't put the laborers in battle. Um, no, okay. they were all
2: tra- highly trained.
1: Yeah, these are extraordinarily well-trained, vicious, vicious soldiers. Mm. Now, mm. Included in the dead was General Kurabayashi, who felt that it was his duty to die defending the island. Mm. It was thought that Kurabayashi was the only high-ranking Japanese general to die in the war while personally leading his men in battle. Mm. But while you may think that the high marine death toll would make him an object of hatred, he was instead respected. And the man in charge of operations at Iwo Jima actually requested that the general's body be found so he could be given a proper burial.
2: Back in Iwo Jima, there were
0: rules. It <laughs> doesn't seem like there were many rules, but that seems like one.
1: Well, I remember that there was actually a quote like after the first, like after the second or third day, yeah. you know, with all the sand and all that, the general in charge said, I don't know who's in charge mm-hmm. over there, but he's one smart son of a
0: bitch. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Look at that. What a great day to chew on a stogie. Yeah. They were more polite than what happened in Vietnam. Oh,
1: Whoa, that's, yeah. a whole,
2: that's a whole
0: thing. That's a whole yeah. different
1: that's a whole different can of worms yep yep back men women. Yeah. I don't know why they keep selling these cans of worms <laughs> who's buying them <laughs> well fishermen probably there were however holdouts on Iwo Jima at least 3,000 Japanese soldiers waged a three-month-long guerrilla campaign against the garrison force at Iwo Jima after the battle was won and more incredible mm. were the two machine gunners who held out until January of 1949 yeah oh, wow three and a half years after the Japanese surrender. Well, those
2: guys just, they hid, right? Where they they were lost, and then they just kept thinking the war never ended.
1: Well, they didn't know, so they erred on the side of the war ain't over.
2: And then they killed Amelia Earhart. <laughs> That's possible. We don't know it's not true. <laughs> Amelia Earhart arrived. I could <laughs> maybe seduce them all yeah. in a sort of g- sexy version of a Gilligan's Island bang kind bang. of yeah, scenario. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. But yeah, don't know.
0: Gilligan's Island was
2: sexy. She was the horniest lost woman since... The last Virgin one. Mary. Yeah. Because Virgin Mary, she never did get plugged. Well, she did.
1: She I did. think she got plugged after. Then They never talked about what happened after the Virgin I Mary. I think oh, yeah. she once cheated she... on Joseph. Yeah.
2: yeah, once she got her shit popped by the Lord, <laughs> it's a long list. Try
1: you know? to get up
0: in that. Get them seconds. Well, that's fun, though. That yeah. must have actually been a fun three years, thinking the war is still going on, but then there isn't a war. I think it you might have been stressful. Get to do all the, you know, latent homosexual uh, acts <laughs> with your buddies. It's different in war. Yeah. It's war. You know, you get to, you know. It's, it's lonely. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Hallelujah. It's raining, I can't believe they put that in that movie. <laughs> from your this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms, can you believe it? Google Docs, work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack, saying things to my employees. All, my, all my, my main dolgers walking around here. Make sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone, but I try to say... Not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's, Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword. Except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? and data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its guts. All right, so Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast.
1: Easier said, done. Now, to this point, Iwo Jima was a bit of a microcosm of the attitudes the Japanese military had towards the war. Some, like the general, knew that it was futile to keep fighting but did so anyway out of honor, while others fanatically kept going because they either didn't want to surrender or they didn't believe that Japan would ever do so. Mm-hmm. In other words, battles like mm-hmm. Iwo Jima were... Went a long way towards the necessary evil argument when it came to dropping two atomic bombs on Japan. But I'm
3: well, just
0: really, gonna tell you one thing, Barry. I'm having the time of my
2: life. Is,
1: I do <laughs> feel like there is a little bit of that, and I,
2: I also because this is a very specific battle, but they use that as it was. Yes. Well, you know, that's the thing. Why they dropped the bomb? They, it, it's so hazy. It's so hazy. It's a long. This historical discussion. Yeah. But they, they would use these. They would cherry pick. And because mm-hmm. they're bringing shit to the president to kind of pitch why we need to use the bomb. And this is like one of those ways they did it. They framed now, this. Number
0: one. Cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's <laughs> cool.
2: Make a big noise. So, make a big noise.
1: Well, not just that, but you know, these battles are being shown in newsreels mm-hmm. uh, all across America all the time. Like after every mm-hmm. single battle, the newsreels come back, everyone goes to the movie theater, they see and they and they're fucking brutal. These yeah, newsreels—they are absolutely brutal. You
2: can see here, despite the of events of all these bombs, these body parts are written together. And can you see? Yes, Colonel Stevens, can we give him a hand? <laughs> <laughs> and then what
0: movie would play after that? I'm trying to think. 19 what 40 cinema? 1944. Casa, no, Yeah, Casablanca. You know, actually, a newsreel before Casablanca is a great preview. Oh, yeah. it is. That yeah. movie is
1: historic in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> no. With Iwo Jima taken, there were no significant obstacles in the way of a steady stream of firebombers that absolutely ravaged the cities of Japan prior to the dropping of the atomic bomb.
2: It's almost like the firebombs were like just as bad. Just as bad. Yeah. Well, almost
1: I'd say almost as bad because the fires went out pretty fast.
2: Yeah, and then they were and then it was over at least.
1: Yeah. Oh, isn't that sad? Are you guys talking about your marriages?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Still single. <laughs> I I know. Don't tell tell Jerry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I know a couple of dogs would be pretty mad to hear that.
1: (laughs) But while the targets were meant to mostly be industrial and military, most times residential areas were burned in the process, just as it had been in Germany. As one spokesman for the Air Force put it, the entire population of Japan was a proper military target. No yeah, matter who it was. Basically
2: because they because of Pearl Harbor.
1: Because of Pearl Harbor. Once you and hit
2: once they hit us, that's what he's basically saying. And we saying, had
1: a lot of civilians die in Pearl Harbor.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, and yeah. so we're like, that was they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. They definitely didn't need to do that.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they did that. And they did that, yeah. And it was bad. It was revenge. And it was. So on March 10th, 1945. Bombers dropped gel bombs ranging from six to 1,000 pounds on the residential district of Shidemachi in Tokyo, which was then home to 750,000 people.
2: Shidemachi, that's a lot of bombs. That's a lot of bombs. There you go, you
1: did it.
3: (laughs) Shidemachi, man, I can't believe.
1: There we go. See, many structures in Japan at the time were built of highly flammable paper and wood, Mm -hmm. and during the firebombing of Tokyo... The wind was blowing hard enough and the buildings were burning fast enough that the fire actually got ahead of the bombers, but they dropped fire bombs on the fires anyway. They were just like,
0: hold on fire. This it fire was... is really aggressive. They really want to fight today. <laughs> the
2: description and making of the atomic uh... bomb is harrowing. Yeah. About how it's a town of little, it's a town of fuel and they knew mm. it and they dropped it on it and they watched it form into this fucking literal like fire Hurricane, like, a tunnel. That, like It became this spire. The bombers had to lift up. They had to put oxygen masks on. Mm. The planes were getting hot.
1: Yeah, I it would believe it. was fucking scary. And the planes were 6,000 feet up, and wow. they still had to put on oxygen masks. Wow. The only thing that stopped the fire after it destroyed 15.9 square miles of Tokyo mm. was a river. And by the end of it, at least 100,000 people were burned alive. Additionally, over a million had been injured and a million were homeless. But even though they were faced with this horror, even though we knew exactly what happened and what it looked like, Air Force General Curtis LeMay, who earned such nicknames as Old Iron Pants, um, Bombs Away LeMay, and most chillingly, The Demon. (laughs) Well, that one's a little on the nose. (laughs) He ordered more. Hey, LeMay also did some pretty controversial stuff in Vietnam. Hey,
2: hello yeah. there. Hey, hello. It's me, General LeMay. Just want to say, first of all, yeah, I know we dropped a lot of firebombs already. Everybody's kind of up in arms about I that. I know that. So I figured I could do is, you know, why not instead we'll send a wave of water and ice bombs? <laughs> Funny little joke. Let's really burn it up. I actually yeah, would, would love really, to. We already in, burned and, it quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. So. Can I actually? Can I go burn one? Can someone bring <laughs> yeah. me a Japanese person so I can set him personally on fire? Yeah, Thank seems you. like you.
1: Bloodlust. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. They call
2: me the demon for
1: some reason. <laughs> the demon. <laughs> well, over the next six days, the Air Force firebombed four more cities until they ran out of firebombs and in all, they burned over 32 square miles of Japanese cities at the conservative estimated cost. Of 150,000 lives. Mm. That number, by the way, beats the lowest estimate of deaths attributed to the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki by about 40,000. See? That means that technically, See? technically, to the point of pure slaughter, firebombing was more effective and less expensive than an atomic bomb. Yay. Well,
0: here you go. But, uh,
1: but, but in the end. But we did with one. That, well, that's the thing. In the end, it's all about that big mushroom cloud. It you really want to see is. the mushroom cloud? And you do want to see it? Don't apparently,
2: you? it was beautiful. We'll yeah. get
0: into that next episode. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all seen it, haven't we? We've seen some
1: the mushroom cloud. No, the, the, we've the, seen what? mushroom clouds. There's only one picture of the mushroom cloud at a Hiroshima. Mm. Next
2: week, I'll go into more detail of the horrific beauty of the mushroom cloud.
0: Yes, indeed. I'm happy it wasn't a broccoli cloud. You ever smell one of those? Well. <laughs> 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 Let's get right into it. (laughs) Hey buddy, you've been eating some broccoli. Yeah, I'm trying not to die from diabetes. (laughs) Like you better if you did.
1: And so, you I'm may just, be... Uh, I'm part of
0: the Broccoli Brigade. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, everyone, turn around and march backwards.
0: <laughs> and fart, and
1: fart, and, and, fart, and there's and...
2: our General Captain Marcus Farts.
1: <laughs> God damn it, I'm here to win the war. <laughs>
0: well, five pounds of broccoli today,
1: Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I did really fart bomb that place. <laughs> Stupid.
1: Yeah, well. And so, <laughs> yeah. you may be asking... While America was burning hundreds of thousands of innocent civilians alive in their homes over the course of a few days, what were the boys over at the Manhattan Project up to when it came to figuring out how to vaporize almost as many people in just an instant? Uh, they
2: put up a production of arsenic and old lace. <laughs> oh, that is real. Wow. That is completely legit. They held protests. They were developing a little family. It felt mm. like a camp. atmosphere they were all working out there a whole generation of babies were born Mm -hmm. there and they were very they were uh, loose cannons technically they were kind of having a lot of fun they were it was very stressful
1: now the mushroom cloud babies well by late 1944 richard feynman and otto frisch had conducted what they called the dragon experiment Mm. which proved that a chain reaction could be used to create a massive explosion in a military capacity as a result, both types of bombs, plutonium and uranium, were on track to be completed by late summer of 1945. But on April 12th, just when the world was on the cusp of victory against Germany, yeah. President Franklin Roosevelt suffered a cerebral hemorrhage in the middle of having his portrait painted at his home in Hyde Park, New York, and he died that afternoon. Okay,
0: Apparently, stay still, stay still. stay hey, really hey, still. Yeah. <laughs> He's Still, he hasn't
2: moved in like I'm done with the painting. I'm done. He can go now. He can leave. Honestly, they painted him um, mid. Uh, it was the uh, Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Slammed up
3: competition. Oh. It was him
2: versus Wilt Chamberlain's oh, grandfather. Okay. grandfather. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. oh Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of crazy. The air <laughs> he caught, but he it did have to throw. Him. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> <course. laughs> was the guy he threw.
0: Man, I just watched Conan the Barbarian. Wilt
1: Chamberlain's great. Oh yeah. He's oh yeah. Great. It's always great. Always, great. Great. always wonderful. Great. Replacing FDR was one of the most consequential figures of the 20th century when it came to setting the stage for the Cold War with the Soviet Union. And it could well be argued that had this man not been in charge, mm. the dropping of the atomic bomb might have been handled differently. Fuck
2: you, I know what I was doing! I don't think even he wanted it.
1: No, I don't. He's such a little
0: bitch. No, he wanted it. He yeah, absolutely yeah. wanted it. Because everyone thought he was weak, and he's like, Yeah.
2: Well, not necessarily. He was tiny. (laughs) He was definitely a Cartman of (laughs) Presidents.
1: Well, instead of FDR, the man who had the power to make the decision of if, when, and how the bomb would be dropped was FDR's Vice President, Harry S. Truman. Now, Truman had not been FDR's vice president throughout his 13 year run in office. And Truman had, in fact, been placed on the ticket during FDR's fourth run specifically because it was seen as a near certainty that FDR would die in office that term. So, if you were agreeing to be a vice president, you were agreeing to be president. You knew, yeah, you knew it was coming. Yeah. And isn't history repeating? It is. (laughs) Isn't
0: that nice? It is. (laughs) Isn't that nice?
1: (laughs) See, FDR's previous running mate, Henry Wallace, He had made a lot of enemies on the more conservative side of the Democratic Party because he opposed racial segregation and had a more Bernie Sanders approach to the economy. But I mean,
3: F.R.
2: was was technically left wing. Right, but he did kind yeah. of a, trying to appeal to a bunch of people. The same, it's very complicated. Obviously, it's past me. Well,
1: <laughs> well Wallace was very left wing. Like Wallace was left wing to the point where, like, he went to the Soviet Union and they showed him the gulags, but they showed him like a sanitized version of the gulags. Mm. Like they were like, yes, these are all volunteers. Look at all this good work they doing. Co- yeah. and the, the way
2: we put it is, it's like it's a home away from home.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you come in, you, oh, you will oh, you oh. write your yeah.
2: political screeds. Yeah. one time for you to say yeah.
0: If I ever go to prison, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get like a.
1: What, what would be the opposite of live laugh Home
0: love?
2: is where the farts are, or something <laughs> yeah.
0: like that. Yeah, that's what you need. Home away from home.
1: Yeah. Well, Wallace is great, but Wallace was also very naive when it came to the Soviet Union, and that's what people feared most. They feared that he openly favored heavy cooperation with the Soviet Union. Therefore, Wallace was replaced at the 1944 convention with Harry S. Truman against Roosevelt's wishes, Mm. which of course resulted in the antagonistic and confrontational policies that led to the Cold War and arguably the dropping of the bomb.
0: Harry, get over here. Okay, now uh, staff member, pick up my leg. Harry, bend over. Pick up my leg and kick him in the butt.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it, Mr. President.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, incredibly... Franklin Roosevelt and Harry Truman, they only met once prior to FDR's death. (laughs) And it was for like... Who are you? It was for like 45 minutes. It was a quick lunch. Yeah, they could see eye to eye, even while he was sitting down. Yeah. Well, naturally, when he was sitting down. Well, partly this was due to the fact that FDR died only 82 days into his fourth term. Basically, FDR was like... I'll get around to it eventually. Right. Let's meet with him. And he also, he didn't have to campaign at all. He we was trying to end the war. Yeah. And he's like, "I'll we'll get to Truman when we get to Truman. Meanwhile, Truman is just
0: out there peeping through all the paintings. Just be like, when's he going to die? When's he going <laughs> to die? When am I president?
1: But tellingly, when FDR died and Truman contacted Eleanor Roosevelt to ask if there was anything he could do for her, Eleanor basically said, what do you mean is there anything you can do? You're the one who's fucked.
2: Yeah, man, you just got placed with a very complicated series <laughs> of decisions that you're gonna have to figure out to make that might affect
1: history. Yeah. Well, one
0: nice thing about complicated decisions is, boom, go big. Boom, go big. <laughs> and isn't that
2: easy? you think about you know what I like about complicated decisions? Sometimes you just make them simple. Just yeah. going like, I don't wanna. I like that one. Like, you'd be <laughs> surprised about how like so many huge decisions yeah. come down to some very important person going. I like that one. And that's it. That's that's why he wants to do it.
1: Well, that's also why it was so incredibly complicated, because the decision to put Truman on the ticket was made at the Democratic Party convention. And... FDR knew like yeah. we almost have the bomb. Whoever is president next is gonna have the bomb, but he can't tell anybody can't that he's got anybody. the bomb. He can't say that the person that comes That's up next is gonna have an trippy. incredible fucking responsibility. So he basically he is found like, it on day of. Like, <laughs> hey, just so you know, you're
2: president now. Oh, yeah, I know all this stuff. So he just died. Blah blah blah. It's really really intense. There's this thing called the atomic bomb. We're lit- we're, we're 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 about to have it paused on this. We're going to come right back to you. Harry S. Truman <laughs> should be like, what? what? And they had the to tell him over yeah. several days. Well, that's the thing. Like Truman,
1: like Truman had seen the edges of the Manhattan Project because he was chair of the Committee on Military Affairs. He had seen that there was this project that a lot of money was getting spent on. He's like, what's that thing? And they're like, yeah, don't worry about it and you need he, to know basis and you and, don't need to know and when he became vice president he was told like hey there's this thing called the manhattan project you'll find out about it one day and
0: then he did a great bit about how if it was the queen's project <laughs> yeah, it would be like more like a zeppelin and, if, and because
2: he was president they're all like yeah. incredible that's the best bit i've ever heard make it a shirt yeah. that's <laughs> incredible
0: that's fun though when the conventions before they were all a ruse yeah. when they would actually promote somebody new like that must have been like stunning yeah it must yeah. have been fun it must be like, like delaware know, goes for truman and then people <laughs> are like
3: Whoa! Yeah, when they were trying to like,
2: like actually run the country. Yeah,
1: it was kind of (laughs) funny. But just after FDR died, same day, in fact, Mm. Truman was given the full scope of just what had been going on in the deserts of New Mexico for the last few years.
0: He's literally
1: just getting done
0: bouncing in the president's chair. Yes, I'm
1: here now. (laughs) Faithfully, on the same day that FDR died, Otto Frisch had given Oppenheimer a report on the success of the dragon experiment. So not only was Truman told of the Manhattan Project, he was told that, holy fuck, this thing actually works. So if you want to destroy an entire city with one bomb, you can. This is the best day of my life. (laughs) That's incredible. You can actually... they. Have released journal entries from Harry S. Truman, but him writing right after finding out about the Manhattan yeah. Project. And you can feel the terror that he has. Oh, and, yeah. He's a lot that, of responsibility. And holding this responsibility. It's a lot He's of like, responsibility. it was like you can feel the terror of like, I wish I wouldn't have said yes to this. This is horrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, after it became clear that the bomb was an, was an inevitability, the scientists at Los Alamos, Niels Bohr, chief among them tried convincing the U.S. officials that we needed to share what we knew about nuclear weapons with the Soviet Union so as to prevent a nuclear arms race and an eventual nuclear holocaust. <laughs> boy. Wow. Yeah. And that
2: just, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> <They all laughs> really, jumped
1: on that. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, had Henry Wallace been president? Oh, yeah. It's somewhat likely that this might have happened. Yeah. All of history would be very different. Yeah. But as it was, Bohr was waved off and told to come back later. While he and the rest of the scientists moved on to further calculations concerning how to maximize the destruction of the bomb. Help!
2: I've gotten my head stuck in a staircase! <laughs> uh, God Help, damn it, boy! I just uh, done But take my advice. We have to jam. <laughs> yeah. We have to share.
3: Nathan, right.
0: if you
2: just get some butter I'm
0: going to get the butter. Gonna guess, the butter. I was going to suggest butter. Yes, because I'm
2: very firmly jammed. <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: you are.
1: No, basically, an atomic bomb doesn't work like a conventional bomb, as in it doesn't go boom when it hits the ground.
2: Because up to this point, bombs are fairly inexact science. Yeah. Like, you really just blew shit up.
1: Yeah. You just drop it. It goes, and that's well, you got it. Your, you got your ear
0: burst, which mm-hmm. is a very controversial Starburst flavor. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Land burst. It's a whole bunch of bursts.
1: <laughs> well, instead of all that, the bomb had to be detonated manually. But if you detonate the bomb too soon after dropping it, it wastes its energy burning up oxygen in the sky. It's oh. also going to blow up the plane. But you detonate it too low, and you only create a radioactive crater in the ground.
0: And that just really, I mean, that just makes you die in like five years after a whole bunch of cancer. <laughs> just wait, and you're wasting it.
1: Well, what you wanted for maximum wow factor was to explode it at just the right height, where the energy expended has a chance to travel as far out as possible, and to send the resulting shock wave as far out as possible. This both vaporizes anything organic in the immediate blast, then it destroys mm. anything in the shock wave radius. That's the sonic boom, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's and, the and, sonic boom.
2: Remember saying you're saying that in a scientist's cadence of how exciting this would be
0: and i mean no, well, it he, is crazy
2: because j robert oppenheimer for all of his obviously his his belief in in human uh, rights movements and all of the stuff that he worked on there was this fascination there was this, a giddiness there was a giddiness of like we wanted to not only work but we wanted to work at its
0: best yeah, it's the ability. people that are
1: creating ai right now
0: yes <laughs> they're all like this is gonna be really bad
2: Let's get back to work. Let's get back to work. Well, we're not done yet.
1: Now, when FDR died, Germany was all but beat. So we knew we wouldn't be using the bomb on European soil. And besides that, to put it in as blunt as terms as possible, the idea of dropping the bomb on white people made everyone a little less gung-ho about using it. Oh, yeah, man. There was definitely, that was a part of the fact, for certain. So when it came to where it would be dropped, America switched focus to the enemy that we'd spent four years dehumanizing completely the Japanese, and research began to decide which city or cities might be the best target. Well, I'm looking ha- at you, Bugs Bunny. But, but it
2: also <laughs> happened outside of the president's purview. These things were already set in motion. The Manhattan Project was, was just, just rolling. Yep. Like, no one gave a fuck. No one tried to stop anything. And so while he was like, Truman started the philosophizing of what are we going to do with the bomb after and now and blah, blah, blah. They're already choosing targets and in mm. the most like
1: brutal way possible. Yeah. Now, in order for the bomb to have maximum psychological effect, General Groves wanted a city that was mostly military in nature, but had not already been bombed to shit so as to show the full destructive potential of an atomic bomb. They wanted to show, dude. That's nice. Eventually, it came down to the ancient imperial city of Kyoto or the mostly industrial city of Hiroshima. Kyoto was fortunately spared at the insistence of Secretary of War Henry Stimson.
0: I looked to vacation there during the summertime. Have you been there in the summer?
1: It's actually a lot like that. He said it's a beautiful city. It's full of history. It would be a crime against humanity to destroy Kyoto. See, art does save lives. It does. And I've been to Kyoto and I'm very... yeah.
2: No shit. That's right. After Australia last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I went to yeah yeah. Kyoto. It's It's gorgeous. It is an incredible city. I've never seen anything like it. Were they scared of you when you came? (laughs) You were up.
2: It's been some time.
0: Okay, good.
1: good. No, not at all. The people of Kyoto were actually uh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to go. I heard I'm too big.
2: No, they'll, they'll, they'll all be like, ride the dragon. <laughs> oh, see, the, the, Oh, look at him. He comes yeah. from the
1: mountain. <laughs> to be held captive and be forced to perform. So the Secretary of War, he nixes Kyoto. Okay, it's Hiroshi- too pretty. Hiroshima, on the other hand, was historically a military city. Hmm. And in 1945, the Second General Army was stationed in Hiroshima for the defense of Western Japan. When it came to civilians, though, Hiroshima was also a center of education. Second only to Tokyo. I mean,
0: Americans are like, give some fuck. Yeah, we <laughs> can exactly. blow that up.
1: It's a lot of students. Ugh. Nevertheless, Hiroshima became target number one. But right around that time, just weeks after FDR died, Adolf Hitler committed suicide. Swish, swish, quotation marks. I've seen some pictures of a
0: man that looks just like, like him in Argentina,
1: and with that, the Western theater of the war came to a close. It's it's Europe, Europe's done. We it's over. It. Yay, you Nazis! You ain't so good anymore. But y- anymore?
0: <laughs> That's good. Wait, no, ever.
3: Really good. Excellent. No, I would not. <laughs> we saw <laughs> the clean in his what? eyes.
0: You know what? <laughs> Let's move on. It's a numbers
2: game. It is a
0: numbers game. Also, they—I wish that they would have a little plaque for his burial. It's just underneath the goddamn. Uh, yeah, it's underneath that, uh, the parking they, lot. No, there's
2: it's a. There is a. Now a bit they of fu- a, They finally put. A, they put a plaque there? Well,
1: it's not a plaque. It's more of an info card. Yes, because yeah. people I were saw going when we were in fit, Berlin.
2: They were trying not to promote the site of his, his it, where his yeah. dead body was. But then eventually, so many people just go. They just put up a sign.
1: Yeah, it's just. As a, yeah, it's just a little info, and it shows you a, a diagram of the bunker. But it's know. like
2: low-income housing, which has got to be extremely depressing as you just drive past me and. Like, the site of Hitler's suicide. Yeah. Like each it day is, you
0: come back yeah. with milk. You guys were the ones in Dallas stopping traffic, pretending you were getting shot in the head like <laughs> JFK. was <laughs> kind of fun.
1: Oh, but right adjacent <laughs> to uh, the Hitler suicide spot is a beautiful Holocaust memorial. It is. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I walked that. Yeah. I walked through that. But even though the Germans had been the impetus for the Manhattan Project, their defeat hastened the speed of the bomb's construction Mm. even more. The motivation for this was both entirely understandable and extremely human. See, the American people were quite simply done with war. While well, it was super cool that Hitler was dead. Don't get me wrong. That's fucking yeah, that's awesome. cool, guy. I'm just done with this season of war. I'm done. Hi, I'm,
2: uh,
0: like- I'm done with the show. Can we get a new Can cast? Can we just wrap
1: this up? Yeah. Please. Well, the American people were being told over and over and over again that it was going to take no less than a million lives over the course of a few years to fully defeat Japan because of the tenacity displayed in places like Iwo Jima. And Okinawa, so
2: we're already selling this to the we're, people. We're selling right.
1: it
0: very, very hard and to the Americans. Really, I really hope this season's final episode just has a big conclusion,
1: and we can just end it.
0: Mm-hmm. Just an explosive, like an explosive ending, yeah, yeah like a yeah. Michael Bay like ending.
1: Well, I, I mean, and they're selling it at both ends. You know, they're they're selling it in a way where like they've spent four years turning the Japanese into monsters, yeah, like absolute fucking demons. These, but they're also trying to hit it from a humanitarian angle of like, well, if we mm. bomb Japan. Japan, then we're actually going to be saving lives. Oh, well,
2: yeah, what was the thing? It's like Saving do you want,
1: Japanese lives. They do you, said, do you want us to kill Japanese people or do you want American people to
2: die? That but, is kind of the the crux yeah. that they put against
1: them. Yeah, and it was also, do you want us to kill a million Japanese people in bombing or do you want us to kill five million Japanese people in hand-to-hand combat? Right. So you let's, know? Just,
0: let's just get it done. That's the yeah. strategy there. I
2: say we just get them fat. Yeah, yeah. That's what we should have said. Cornmeal.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Sugar substitutes. Let's talk about that. I'm too <laughs> yep. close. The real weapon. Syrup. The real atomic weapon. It really weapon. is. Every,
2: uh, the hidden sugars in
0: our food. They, they are killing us, and there's no reason why we should eat different chocolate than they do in Europe. No.
1: No reason why all of our our candy sucks. No it yeah. does. I'm, oh no, I'm European, upset with the sugar. The European stuff is incredible.
0: But there was also <sighs> Thanks, Chuck fucking Grassley who's still not
1: dead. <laughs> But there was also another human reason to finish work on the bomb, although this one was far less emotional. The Secretary of State put it simply, we spent $2 billion on this goddamn bomb, and Congress is going to want to see a big goddamn boom. Oh, yeah.
0: This I is see- like when you show up to Disney World and it's raining and you got tickets, and you're like, we're going in. Yeah, I got $2,500. We're going to have fucking fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to have we're fun. Smiling. We're smiling. It's your ice cream wet? Shit up. Your ice cream is wet? Yeah. Why don't you eat that ice cream?
1: Well, to that point, Robert Oppenheimer himself had interestingly come to the belief that the atomic bomb was, in his words, shit. That's he said that was an exact quote. shit. The atomic bomb is shit oh, because oh, it yeah. had no military use beyond creating a very big bang that killed a lot of people all at once. I mean, oh, shit, yeah. Maybe if the night before you eat a bunch of Taco Bell.
2: <laughs> and here's like how this this shithead who wrote the book that's saying that the Hiroshima bombings didn't happen. That's how we used that to was another reason why the bombings didn't happen. The man had devoted years of his life and his entire professional reputation to the project. How could he say it was shit? How could he doubt mm. its military value? If he thought super right. weapons were shit, why sign on the project in the first place? Or if he really believed it was a super weapon that could never be used, surely a brain of his stature would grasp that even if never used, such an object would be of huge military value in the larger strategic sense of intimidation, deterrence, etc. If it would never use, so much better. But we have it directly from arguably the greatest military mind of all time, that it was shit.
0: Alright, and that book written by Casey Anthony. <laughs> Casey Anthony. I'm happy she's getting into history. Oh, It is, yeah, nice. Yeah. It is it, nice. It is, it Man, is she's nice. She's
2: looking thick these days. She's, looking, you know, she's, she's out there. There's some pictures stressed. of her on Mother's Day. I'm not saying like bad <laughs> she was pictures of her on Mother's Day? Oh, yeah. There was some pictures of her on That was out a day she like, could take off. Technically, wow. she looks great. Wow. Oh. I thought, yeah. yeah. What? It's looking good on her. Well, really, the Who's only. Who's the father?
0: <laughs> no one's ever
2: asked that. Who's the father?
0: Who the fuck is
1: Kaylee Anthony's father? Uh, we'll have to get into that at some point. Yeah, I t- feel like I never answered. asked that question It once. was answered. It's not kinda. the DJ. Anyway, I'm sorry. We'll I'm go sure. back. Let's it was continue. it was kind of sort of answered. I th- I don't think anyone took a responsibility for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> like yeah. yeah, yeah lot, and that's that's really the whole yeah. story isn't it? Much yeah.
2: like the uh Thomas Pump.
0: <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> thank you, Henry. We're back at it.
2: Live
3: right from your grave.
2: Ah Jules. Oh Jules make a wife smile today the road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines or it can be short and thrilling like a roller coaster on the way to the police department but the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time all you've got to do is head over to blue nile.com and they're gonna ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation. And my own, did everybody come around being like, Where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, Stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile
3: bling. She's got on her.
2: Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com. That's $50 off with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com. Bluenile.com. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash l e f t. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: But really, the only purpose that Robert Oppenheimer saw for the atomic bomb was to put the Russians on notice. But even though it was all but decided that America was going to use the bomb on the Japanese, the biggest debate was whether or not we were going to warn the Japanese before we used it. Just to be polite.
2: Well, Well, just because it was weird. They really were like, hey, just so you know, gonna come in there.
0: Because they also, to that point, then they also kind of did know this is part of the performance. They called war a theater for a a reason. And they're like, this is going to be a
1: big message to them, to the world. Well, most of the Manhattan Project scientists and even some in government thought it was only fair and mostly, most of all, humane to Mm -hmm. warn the Japanese that we were in possession of a weapon of incredible power that we would definitely use if they didn't surrender. But from a military perspective, it was decided that the Japanese would not be informed of a kill shot bomb Mm -hmm. because if we made a big stink about this new weapon and it ended up being a dud, it would weaken our military position worldwide. It was about our rep. Yes, indeed. But what was most important here was that it was known that the Soviets were also working on an atomic weapon. It was estimated, however, that they were at least seven years behind America, possibly as many as ten. So, dropping the bomb would show the Soviets that while their dick was ragging and raw from years of warfare against the Germans, mm. our dick was rock hard, yeah. disturbingly yeah. veiny, wow.
3: and <laughs> massive.
1: Militarily
0: well, speaking Militarily of speaking I mean I've been I do have that survey Our penises are 5.4 inches On average Which is 60th Out of the 90 nations That they studied this is militarily, We still beat the British
2: This is a This again <laughs> This is about Mental penises. I mean, Mental there's penis. a reason all
0: missiles look like big dicks.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's because yeah, that's, that, that's how they fly correctly just, through the air. Yeah, that's yeah. just the best way to fly. If they if they were to yeah. fly best as vaginas, they would be shaped like vaginas. that would be cool. <laughs> we call this one the Brett
0: Favre, but slightly to the uh, left.
2: What do you think Hillary Clinton would have done <laughs> and she was president? Yeah,
0: <laughs> she would have killed people with the vagina bombs. So. <laughs>
3: That's only fair.
2: Uh, That's, women can kill too. Yeah. we put the we put the uranium in this upper area. I don't <laughs> know what this is. This upper area under this, this this hood, the little bump of uranium.
0: It's an episode of South Park,
1: actually. Wow, put a bomb in her pussy. Nice. Well, as such, by June first. Even before the first atomic bomb test was completed, Truman decided that the atomic bomb would be dropped on Japan, and he would soon take steps to ensure that the Japanese would quote unquote make him do it. He got he finished his peas, and then he was like, "Let me out of this high chair. I have a decision to make. (laughs) Let me out of
0: this cage. Let me out of here."
1: Now, when it came to testing the world's first atomic bomb, most accounts make it seem like Trinity was tested right outside of Los Alamos. But the actual site was 240 miles away in New Mexico's Jornada del Muerto Valley. Death's passage. Yeah. That's cool. Now, initially, Oppenheimer set the test for July 4th, 1945. He loves a moment. He does. Didn't end up happening that. But Mm. when Oppenheimer's brother Frank showed up to help in May, he found hundreds of people furiously setting up an intricate testing site to detonate the bomb, all while the plutonium was en route from Hanford site in Washington state. (laughs) Now, perhaps to add some levity to a deadly serious endeavor, senior scientists placed bets on how powerful the atomic blast was going to be, because truthfully none of them had a firm idea of how big the boom was going to be.
2: Yeah, they did not know. They They really did. They tested other versions of it, of like bombs. They tried to build huge, huge bombs. Mm -hmm. And you to kind of see, like, what's the biggest explosion we can make? And they did that. And they're like, okay, so what if that's like a thousand times like that? Then they try to, like, conjecture. Because this also invented a whole field of explosive radius tests and all this kind of shit.
0: It's like when you got a really great bit and you're like, this is going to crush, but then you do it and it doesn't work. Yeah, people get so you just don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, you just don't know. Or you do it, and it does very, very well. And next thing you know, you're Larry the Cable Guy. And that's <laughs> it. And now you're forced to be this guy who says, get her done all the time. It's yeah. really In strange. reality, he was a vegan when he, he started never that really
2: character. Com- he never converted to Larry the Streamer Guy. Nope. Huh.
0: Nope, he never did. Interesting. He never did. But he was a vegan before he created that character. Oh, He I created know. that character. It's and a then f- now he eats a bunch of meat. It's kayfabe, baby.
1: Wow. Oh, kayfabe. Well, one scientist picked the equivalent of 45,000 tons of TNT. Mm-hmm. Another picked 8,000. Robert Oppenheimer, he went prices Right style. He said 300. He didn't, he didn't say one. <laughs> one. one? One. One technician went even further, saying that Trinity was going to be a dud. Fuck you. It's oh, not going to work. Wow. It's really like,
2: I don't need this shit. Right now, can't you see? I'm already rail thin. <laughs> I've been crying over my communist girlfriend. She's, sad. Is, uh, She's Such a sad it's bitch.
0: Sad. Well, technically, that is the Price is Right. He, we, we, he went dud. Oh, so yeah. that's the one. Yeah. He's
1: going low. But you can't. bet you can't bet zero, though. You can't bet zero. You gotta bet at least one. Well, I would say one would all be equivalent to a dud. Oh yeah. No. Yes. No, one would be equivalent to a ton of TNT. That's still quite a large explosion. Yeah,
0: but not by... by Not enough. It's not (laughs) on the cover of
1: Time Magazine. No. No. But when it came to play some bets, Enrico Fermi was apparently in a playful mood hey, that day. I make a joke. <laughs> In full earshot of guards and military personnel who barely knew what was going on, he started saying that he wanted a bet on whether or not the atmosphere itself was going to be ignited by the bomb. Hey, come on. And if it did, <laughs> would it just destroy New Mexico or the entire planet? And think about it. Oh. How am I? Is the moon going to be?
2: <laughs> when it get a yeah. shine, it gets out of show. or what is it like to be a pizza pie?
0: I really wish you didn't drink like Pinocchio during that.
1: Now, this little anecdote has been twisted over the years to mean that the Manhattan Project scientists didn't know whether or not the Trinity test was going to light the entire world on fire. But that's not true. The calculations have been done long before the Trinity test that showed that this doomsday scenario was effectively impossible. But the fact that they even had to do the calculations in the first place is indeed incredibly frightening. It's kind of fun to think about. It's kind of fun to think about. Now, when it came to who was most frightened by the success of the test, none of the site was more nervous than test leader Ken Bainbridge. He knew that if the bomb didn't go off, or worse, if it hang fired, it would be his responsibility to drive out to the bomb uh, by himself to see what had gone wrong.
2: I elect Ken.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: All right, guys, who's coming with me? Last <laughs> hand up. Last <laughs> hand up. Get, you guys
1: got to go.
3: Last hand up. Got to
1: oh, go. Oh, God. Damn. Sorry, Ken. Now, Oppenheimer, meanwhile, was nervous as well, because after all, this whole thing had been his baby. In the weeks leading up to the test, he'd been reading verses from a Hindu scripture called the Bhagavad Gita, which Oppenheimer had been using since college as a sort of calm down text.
2: I've never been able to say that word. Bhagavad Gita. Gita.
1: Bhagavad Gita. It's a
2: very important book.
1: though. <laughs> but once the kinks were worked out with the bomb and it seemed as if all was well, Oppenheimer's demeanor changed. There was a small delay because of weather, but when General Groves asked Oppenheimer if the weather was going to hold out for the Trinity test, Oppenheimer said, quote, The weather is whimsical. No, it's not whimsical. (laughs)
3: <laughs> the weather is fucking
0: brutal. It's like rabbits Whimsical. No, it's not. The dust time. storms that happen in Texas, whimsical.
2: I had a little creature told me to go and kiss my girlfriend.
0: I it's, time. it's time. It's time. You know, there's going to be a movie about you.
2: Mm, really? Yeah. I hope it's a musical.
1: <laughs> and so... At dawn on July 16th, 1945, all the top scientists of the Manhattan Project plus a select group of 10 guests. Oh. Yeah, a very select guest
0: list. The chuckle <laughs> uh, I'm just here for the shrimp. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they huddled in trenches that were anywhere between 5 and 20 miles from ground zero. The Trinity bomb, still known as the Gadget, was sitting atop a tower to maximize the blast radius. Then at 5:25 a.m., the countdown started all present were told to lie down on the desert sand and turn their faces away while burying their heads in their arms. Yeah,
2: head down, ass up. (laughs) Like how you're supposed to 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 take that bomb. Some complied,
1: but most didn't. Some just put on sunscreen. Mm. they not Have they not read the parable of Sodom and Gomorrah? Mm. Richard Feynman just sat behind a fucking windshield. That is funny. Yeah, he's (laughs) crazy. crazy. I don't care. Finally, though, at 5...
0: This one guy going to light a cigarette on it?
2: Yeah, yeah it's going to be fun to say, <laughs> then he's just a flaming skeleton, we like, my calculations were off.
0: And the
1: cigarette didn't light? Finally, though, at 5.30 a.m. exactly, the first atomic bomb in history ignited. Yes! <laughs> how do we... How am I supposed
0: to feel? I was again here just for the shrimp. <laughs>
1: a physicist present said that he saw an enormous flash of light the brightest that he or anyone in history had ever seen mm. he said that it was a vision that was seen with more than the eye it seemed to last forever to the mm. point where you wished it would stop and you know wow. how long that flash lasted 2 seconds Ooh. it was burned into his brain it was pure it's pure energy yeah but it was soon followed by an enormous ball of fire that rolled as it grew up into the air in menacing yellow, scarlet, and green flashes. The physicist said that he felt as if a new thing had been born, a new control, which man had acquired over nature.
2: Meanwhile, one guy's like, where
0: are the ducks. <laughs> yeah, where are the hot dogs? Can I eat these? Can I eat these? Are fresh? these are you still fresh? <laughs> um <laughs> Nature still wins.
2: Yeah, nature. <laughs> did win. I will take <laughs> yeah.
0: nature in general over anything that humans can create. Because
2: within it, radiation is kind of natural. Like right. I was reading about, like with the building of polonium and stuff, like all this oh, kind yeah, of the, stuff, where like they pulled this stuff out. Like technically, that poison we just kind of released it.
0: Yeah, and then nature's like, thank you. I'm going to add this to the
1: arsenal when we have our next tornadoes that roll through Kansas. Yes. <laughs> Frank Oppenheimer described the cloud as brilliant purple. That was, of course, because it was glowing with radiation. And the thunder from the blast seemed to eternally echo through the canyon where the bomb was detonated. Now, the legend is that upon the detonation of the bomb, Robert Oppenheimer cinematically uttered a chilling line from the Bhagavad Gita. But that's not exactly what happened. Oppenheimer later recalled that when the blast passed... He and the others solemnly walked out of their shelter into a changed world. Some people laughed, some people cried, but most were silent. As for Oppenheimer himself, he said he remembered a line from the Bhagavad Gita, in which the Hindu god Vishnu is trying to persuade a prince that he should do his duty. To make the argument, Vishnu takes on their multi-armed form and utters the line that has become so famous in the decades since. Now... I am become death, yeah. the destroyer of worlds. It's
2: fucking cool. It's the darkest and fucking most intense nerds ever been. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It is cool. But it's he cool. just thought that. He just okay. Thought yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah it's yeah. the same it's as, a, as saying it. Oh yeah, I can't <laughs> no, wait to like. Step. I can't wait to be in hospice and doing doing the thing in my mind, thinking I'm going to say, either do those drapes go?" Oh, I do. And then you die. But I know my <laughs> yeah. my last words just gonna be like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I heard
3: I'm fucking shitting. No,
0: but you need to be able to change your drapes. It's your room. You pay a lot of money Mm -hmm. for that room. But please, when the nurse comes in,
1: put your pants on. We've got a lot of complaints, Henry. You call me David Copperfield. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as Oppenheimer put it, all those present at the Trinity test thought something like the I am become death in one way or another. It sounds like
0: it sounds like they did. So, yeah.
1: Heavy situation. Right. As far as what he actually said, from what Oppenheimer's brother remembered, Oppenheimer's first words were he just said, it worked. It works. It works. (laughs) That's it. That was good. However, while Oppenheimer painted himself as a solemn individual contemplating his place in human history, a physicist named Isidore Rabbi remembered that when Oppenheimer returned to the Los Alamos lab, he was strutting around like it was the end of high noon somebody's
2: the big swinging dick in this fucking room yep started his mouth then it went boom and who did it old opie and his big swinging fucking dog so all y'all go fuck yourself Mm -hmm. i'm gonna
0: go read some marks i mean he did it would be a moment of pride
1: i suppose as far as who won the bet, though, the blast was actually four times larger than what they thought it would be.
0: Oh, so whoever bet the highest actually also bet the lowest. by prices right rules. That's they right. still won.
1: Yeah. Trinity turned the desert sand into a light green reflective glass that they ended up calling Trinitite. If you look up a picture of Trinitite, wow. it looks like if scabs were made of boogers. It's cool. Look, if
0: scabs. What, right, Marcus? You're yeah. gross. It's what it looks it like. If
2: scabs were made of boogers. If His scabs, scabs are made not of boogers. <laughs> <laughs> that is gross.
1: <laughs> well, as far as the damage done goes, Trinity eviscerated jackrabbits 800 yards away, tore the doors loose from a farmhouse three miles away, mm. caused temporary blindness nine miles away, and it caused severe damage to eyeballs five miles away. At 1,000 yards, pine boards set up to test destructive power were completely charred. And at even 1,500 yards, exposed surfaces heated almost instantly to 750 degrees Fahrenheit. In other words, the scientists knew exactly what dropping an atomic bomb in the middle of a city was going to do immediately. It's going to lead to a victory. As far as how much they knew or how much they allowed themselves to know about what would happen a week, a month, a year, or a decade later, that's a little harder to suss out.
2: But as Robert Oppenheimer says, it was not his job. Yep. That was not his job. His job was to make the bomb, and deliver the bomb.
1: Yeah. But nevertheless, once the Trinity test was a success... A 15-foot crate containing most of the little boy bomb assembly was loaded onto the ill-fated USS Indianapolis wow. on its way what? to
0: Tinian Island.
2: Oh, <laughs> no. oh it's my a ghost me.
0: ship, my friend. Oh, yeah. my Off God. It's
2: oh. like a yeah. fucking cameo from another series. <laughs> yeah. It's like when Steve Urkel was on Step by Step. <laughs> yeah, oh, for,
1: I remember that. Yeah, For new listeners, you can find the full story of that harrowing tale in our archives as to what happened to the USS Indianapolis after they dropped little bomb. Uh, off at the island of Tinian, they fucking yep. brought the blue, They huh. they brought the fucking uranium in a lead bucket. Yep, I guess just, that's where it goes. Yeah. Now, on the same day at the Trinity test, Harry Truman was present at another fateful event. He, Churchill, and Stalin were attending the Potsdam Conference to decide what was to be done with Germany now that the war in Europe was over. Do we tickle? Him? <laughs> Should we just tickle her feet? I was thinking about, yeah, I just want to take pictures of all their
2: feet, obviously. First yeah, of all. course. Um, and obviously. then I want to see, I'm, I, I, honestly, I want to see him pull Daffy.
0: Better <laughs> idea. Why don't we just give them bunches and bunches of money so they can kind of rebuild? Yeah. I think we're going to have to.
1: Perfect. Yeah. It was called the Marshall Plan. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, what a what a way to punish somebody for trying to take over the world. Well,
1: actually, if you want to know more about all that, our next series in No Dogs in Space is going to go way into what happened to Germany oh. after the war and the Marshall Plan and all that shit and how it eventually and how it have essentially created electronic. We're music. just going to
2: eventually completely cover every decade. Aren't we? <laughs> yes, We're just yes. going to eventually grow. The, the network yeah.
1: as a whole. By the time we're done with this shit, we will have covered the entirety of human history. I think so. At the very least, we'll have covered the entirety of the 20th century. But for the purposes of this story, Potsdam was also a meeting to decide how the Allies were going to finish off Japan. Now, by this point in the war, Japan was standing alone. Italy had long since been finished off, and Hitler's corpse was either ashes in a ditch or secreted away to some Soviet meat locker. Certainly not in Uruguay! (laughs) Argentina. (laughs) But either way, Japan had no allies. And to put it simply, everyone around them they were pretty pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. everyone's Everybody frustrated. mad. China was a little miffed about the whole rape of Nanking thing. I'd and be. Everything that went along with it. Uh, Korea hadn't been too happy about all that enslavement business. Hey,
2: that's some of the worst <sighs> business you can get involved it in outside vulnerable.
1: of the restaurant
2: business.
0: Extremely yeah. Well, oftentimes they go hand
1: in hand. Russia was ready to invade along with America. And since Japan had been the aggressors in this war, they had no moral standing internationally. No one was helping out Japan. That's not to mention the fact that Japan's Navy and Air Force was relatively non-existent. And even if they did have ships and planes, they didn't have any oil or gas to put in the ships and planes. You're going to want that. And that's also not to mention the fact that the actual people of Japan were rapidly starving to death. Now, this mm.
2: may sound like an extremely uh, insensitive thing to say, but- uh, Why are you pointed to me? They're <laughs> perfect for an atomic bomb because they can't defend themselves. So it's like, it is this, it's like, I, that is the most brutal- Fucked up way you can look at it, where like not only do we get to flex to the world mm-hmm. what we can do and what we've created, but also. They can't fuck it up on our way to go do it. No. They're sitting there waiting for yes, it. It and- does uh, you've been playing a lot of Civ Six. Oh yeah. When you finally get to the atomic era in Civ Six and you really do, because then what that's what I do is I save it. I always kind of built i I've destroyed hmm. a bunch of other countries around me. Sure. And I always kind of know that there's a smaller country that I need to go wipe out on my way to a domination victory. Yeah. And by that point, I'm leagues ahead of them. Like it kind of kind of, of varies. And then you really like and I feel myself. I remember getting a little snack and I pour my repo pour my drink. I like I put the atomic weapon on the plane. Mm -hmm. I fly it over. It's really fun. It's like a fun afternoon, you know? It's really
1: fun. What I like to do is play Civ Six as the Japanese and then have them drop the atomic bomb.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. It's much better to do it. Like, it's fun to to change things.
1: Yeah, it is. It was was a very racist policy.
2: Oh, yeah. It's (laughs) not good. It's very (laughs) racist. It's it's awful. It's It's awful. awful. It's one of the worst crimes of humankind.
1: Yeah. Additionally, contrary to popular belief, Secretary of War Henry Stimson knew that Japan was not a country of mad fanatics willing to fight to the last man, woman, and child. He openly said that they were an extremely intelligent people whose transition from an isolated country to a world power in just a few decades had been astonishing, even if that transition had been at times horrifically bloody and brutal. Therefore, Stimson concluded that when it came to surrender terms, America should first warn Japan that a horrific bomb attack, worse than even the firebombing of Tokyo, was in the cards if they chose not to surrender. But if mm-hmm. they did surrender, Stimson suggested very strongly they should be given the option of keeping a constitutional monarchy, Mm. much like England.
2: Now, this was going to be an issue, especially with Harry S. Truman, yes.
1: Now, this was the basic equivalent of an unconditional surrender, because at the end of the day, who really gives a shit if the emperor is, quote unquote, in charge? Does it really fucking matter If Queen Elizabeth is in charge or if King Charles is in charge, nothing
2: changed. No, the only person I want is the Charles in charge (laughs)
1: from television. (laughs) Scott Baio, controversial figure. Controversial figure. (laughs) (laughs) Problematic man. Very problematic man. I haven't thought about him in a long time. But in the end, it's really all symbolic. And that went double for the Japanese. Therefore, it shouldn't have been a problem to keep a constitutional monarchy. It shouldn't have mattered. And the Soviet Union was ready to mediate a deal between the Japanese and the Americans. You know things are rat- <laughs>
0: bad when the Soviets are like, let's calm down, guys. Let's Come all on, the voice it. here.
1: Yeah, and there were people within the Japanese government that were absolutely ready to go. The emperor was ready to go. But as I said earlier, Truman and the rest of his future Cold Warriors wanted to force Japan's hand. And they knew just how to do it. They played harshly on the Japanese concept of honor by demanding a completely unconditional surrender, basically telling the Japanese to sniff our butts yeah. and like it sometimes you do but most of the times you don't and no. you these guys because he I really mean,
0: ironically did. enough I think that's the number one game show in Japan right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
3: know, sniff our butts
0: and like it, <laughs> and like <laughs> it. They, do, love, they have a
1: thing no, they have a funny relationship like butts. with butts they, they do really like butt. do I love yeah. butts and so, they love sniffing they really there's a lot of Japanese game shows clips that I've seen that have a lot to do with smell a lot
2: of smells yeah
1: and
0: they wouldn't have those shows without us
2: oh yeah thankfully that's the one good thing about the atomic bomb um but they, he said that basically. Maybe I might be wrong, but I feel like Truman was trying to say part of this unconditional surrender is that your people have to vote for a new leadership. That basically we're getting rid of the imperial family. They're spreading families. freedom, democracy. Yes, which is again this the beginnings of this idea of we're going to go and just replace your your government as something even if it hurts you as long as it's pro us. That's kind of what we get to do because we made the atomic bomb.
1: Well, at the very base level of it. Like what they did the Japanese could not stand, what they couldn't say yes to was an unconditional surrender. They needed something. They needed something. They they needed like something they needed a shred of something to retain like a shred of honor, a little bit of dignity that they need and Truman knew No, he wanted a he, oh, sure. Yeah, he wanted. He knew that if like, we give an unconditional surrender, they're going to say no, no they matter what. They wanted to drop the bomb. They, they wanted, wanted to drop, it, they they wanted, they wanted to drop the was, bomb, yes. and they knew this is how they did it. Yes. That, that, this is how they could yeah, do it. Yeah, that's
2: what you said. They made him make him do it.
1: Yeah, and the declaration said the alternative to surrender was prompt and utter destruction, but they did not say what prompt and utter destruction meant.
2: Yeah, is that like figuratively, like you're going to read me to filth? <laughs> like are you going to give one star <laughs> my podcast and <laughs> so the drops?
1: That's or? horrible to do that. Now, the Japanese rejected the terms of complete unconditional surrender, just like everyone knew they would. And the American government therefore pretended like they didn't have any other choice but to drop the bomb.
2: You've tied my hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's like when you sign up for fucking EA,
0: man. You know, damn, I, I mean, to love Sirius
2: it. XM, but they've been calling me a fucking call. Have they, they
0: really? Call, they call oh, yeah, they me so
1: call. much. They call Sirius XM, XM does? They call yeah. all the time. very yeah. somewhere It's weird. As the Americans put it, they were actually saving Japanese lives because the military were training every able-bodied person on the mainland to fight with sharpened bamboo sticks to the death if an American land invasion came.
3: And
2: this is where we inspired them to do a (laughs) Toyota-thon. (laughs) <laughs> the idea is that we just say, yes. you know what I mean, you, you expand the prices right before, but then you cut them right before, then you yeah. see you're
1: saving uh, Very good. And the thing is, they were training the people to do this, but it was more propaganda. It was yeah. more morale. There are videos I of, you mean, know, a bunch of women and children with these sharpened bamboo sticks going through the motions. It's comical. Yeah, it's it's yeah. all shot I in mean, Los Angeles. Yes, it yeah. is very real. <laughs>
0: But, but given the US artillery they were defending it was themselves. Uh, yeah, It I
1: mean, was not comparable. I mean, I'm willing to bet that while some would have fought but let's also not like pretend like the Japanese are the good guys here. No, no, they yeah. did <laughs> fucked up shit. Everybody, <laughs> the Japanese did some really fucking It's World War II. It's World War shit. II. Yeah. It's yeah. World War II. No one no. got out clean. Yeah. No one. But at the end of the day, I'm willing to bet that while some of these people on the Japanese mainland would have fought to the death, it probably would have been closer to what the Germans got when they called up the Volkssturm. The People's Militia. A few people are going to show up, but not a lot. No, it's going to be certain- old
2: people and children. Yeah. And it's like, it's not, it's, it's actually really fucked up for then our soldiers to go
1: and shoot all of these, like, people. Like, these are, none of them are trained.
0: Look, you'll find a wife.
1: <laughs> and a family. Well, it's certainly not enough to justify the horror show that was to come. No. But through propaganda and self-justification, America gave the go-ahead to drop the atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Now the Air Force knew that the Manhattan Project wasn't gonna be a secret after the bomb was dropped. So
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So General Groves actually invited photographers and journalists to the island of Tinian to record the takeoff for prosperity. The guys boarding the Enola Gay felt like celebrities. Flashbulbs are going off. Wow. They're saluting, they're smiling. Because they're literally saying it's like this thing of
2: like, aren't we all happy what we've all figured out? <laughs> like, this bomb, because they all knew everything was gonna be different. The second the bomb goes on. Yeah.
1: And so after making their way through a crowd of reporters and photographers, the bomb crew boarded the Enola Gay, which had been named after the pilot's mother. Her name was Enola Gay. I, I would thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Her, name Her name was, was Enola, Enola
0: Gay.
2: And Gay was the bar she went
1: to. There you go. <laughs> Along with the crew, though, were three scientists who had the task of assembling the last bits of the bomb on the way to Hiroshima because they wow. didn't want to assemble the thing on the island. Yeah, that makes sense because it's a big explodes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the only people on board who knew they were dropping an atomic bomb were the pilot and the three technicians. In fact, one of the technicians had a handgun in case of capture, so he and the others could check themselves out to keep the Manhattan Project secrets out of enemy hands. I, I, mean, would definitely,
0: I fly with a gun
2: every single time, just in case. He does. He yeah. does. And, they're like, and they'd be surprised. they will thank you.
0: They're yeah, like, thank
3: you for, for
2: doing this. Yeah. See, I would have done it with my fingers crossed. I'd like, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll do that. Yep.
3: Mm.
1: And so, at 3 a.m., Two of the nuclear technicians radioed Tinian Tower and said, Judge going to work. That signaled that the assembly of the bomb was underway in the bomb bay, thousands of feet above the Pacific Ocean. It took 11 steps to assemble the bomb. But as one technician put it, only a suicidal maniac would have made the assembly dangerous. That being said, that same technician... Was indeed handling explosive gunpowder Mm. right next to a nuclear
3: weapon. Well, if you can survive, (laughs)
2: you remember this bomb's brand new. Yeah, so they are just assembling it all together for the very. First time yeah. on its way to go drop
0: it. And mm-hmm. if you can get through that with your partner, maybe you guys so have a chance. <laughs> you can just even <laughs> maybe honestly, you have a chance.
2: Natalie and I were talking, we went through a dip and we were like, you know, like what do how do we come together? And and Ikea furniture. What mm-hmm. we did was yeah. that we just put together this uh, sample atomic bomb in our home. <laughs> yeah. And it's really honestly, it's incredible the bonding.
1: Rough patch over.
2: Rough patch None. over. And our neighbors are afraid. <laughs> that's great. And now... it's written, we've just been fucking right on their front lawns. And <laughs> well, just showing them because I was like, you could stiff my button bomb. you can like it yeah <laughs> oh wow
1: <laughs> well by 6 a.m the enola gay flew over iwo jima, iwo jima and was joined from that airfield by two more aircraft who are working as observation and instrument readers That's mean been
2: their calculations
1: mm-hmm. an hour and a half later little boy was armed Tibbets climbed to bomb altitude and leveled off at 32,700 feet, going only by sight because none of them were allowed to bring maps. Once at bombing height, the technician told Tibbets that the bomb was in order, and five minutes later, Hiroshima came into sight. At 9.15 a.m., the bomb bay doors opened and Little Boy dropped, and as Tibbets bolted the Enola Gay upward, he had one thought. Now, it is in the lap of the
3: gods. And it's that's a, where we'll a, pick back okay. up The okay. <laughs> okay,
1: part here. five like, of our series okay. okay. on wow. the
0: Manhattan
3: Project.
0: Wow. wow. Well, you know, God, if he was out there, could have, like, grabbed it. That's, that's awesome. not
2: Chicago line. <laughs> All right. You can really, man. Woo. It is just a fucking. I can't believe we're here. Next week, we're going to get to the day of Hiroshima. Nagasaki What kind of happened afterwards. And we're going to put the, uh, this. We're putting this. We're shipping out. Yeah. This is the end of the Manhattan project next week. I can't
1: believe how far we come. Maybe. Mm. Maybe well, the end. Oh, God.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's just do. Let's well, we're just going just... Just to have to see. Because oh, I, I, I got Marcus. He wants to get
0: into shovels. I've just been reading so much. Because now, after the bomb, then they're going to have to shovel. But that's the thing, I know. Henry. He's now gonna... you
1: can move on from the bomb itself. Oppenheimer's done, man. He's out of the picture. His his story's over with. Now you can get to the sloth. I know. Now you can be. I think incre- we can
0: just end it after that. Now
1: slothing you... magazine uh, is so hard to find. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, and now the way you can they take pictures of those sloths with. Without their consent.
1: Now you can get to the big dripping black dog that the kids thought was a dog, but it was really their mom. I now know. You I get, can't now you can
3: get. Now you can get
1: to the people melting as they were falling into the river. Now you can get into the goopy, goopy, goopy river. Finally, for my pool reading, you can get yeah. into what is quite possibly the most horrific week that mankind has ever witnessed. It's gonna get fucking rough. People.
2: Hey, man, were you there when James Corden got his show? <laughs> This that was is, almost as bad. We'll talk about a bum. So,
0: talk about a fat boy, uh,
2: guys. Was it long boy? Check me out, fat, fat kid.
0: It's fat man. man and fat little boy. Little boy. Yeah. He's yeah. another
2: one who has the same little <laughs> little boy legs, fat man top. You imagine
0: yeah. that's that's the thing. If you're a little overweight, you cannot be rude to weight stuff. You really can't. You really be cannot be, especially not about eggs. skinny. But
2: especially, okay. uh, I want to make a little bit of an announcement. I am going to be doing a live show. I believe I'm allowed to announce this. I'm doing it anyway because they have it, but it's coming up. Dad's Garage in Atlanta. I will be there July 7th through the 9th. They will be headlining, doing some improv shit. Come check it out. Go just ask them where the fucking tickets are. I'm gonna put up a link on my socials very soon. I'm very excited to do those shows. I know Kissel's going out and he's gonna go and well, do I'm show you. Sell these goddamn
0: tickets. So sell the fucking tickets. July 9th in San Diego, July 16th in San Francisco, July 23rd in Las Vegas for my birthday weekend, which I don't usually celebrate, but perhaps I will then. You're in Vegas. then July 30th, Ontario, California. Yeah, we yeah. really can't wait,
2: man. Can't wait to do some bullshit. Come on out.
0: Um, uh, and, and then we're uh, going to be doing we we uh, and then Henry and I are going to be going to do something as well. Yeah, we, that got we will we're tell gonna, you about in the get,
2: future. We got to get that going. We're gonna get that going to go. But guys, wow, good work. No, oh, thank you. Good job, Marcus. Same for all. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank <laughs> you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail, Marcus. You. More Marcus. Hail me. Never drop another bomb. No need to drop another bomb. No, no drop a bomb. No man. Instead of dropping bombs, need drop sandwiches. You can drop love. You can drop hugs. Oh, drop hugs. I like good. that. Hug for trolls coming through. <laughs> the worst. It's <laughs> always just They were going to bomb you, instead we've come to hug. <laughs> no,
0: just
3: bomb me.
2: <laughs> drop some turds. Stay regular. Yeah. Oh. Take a shit instead. That's a good call. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago,
2: Illinois.
3: Hi, it's Martha Stewart.